I'm Laura Palmer, host of Island Crime. Season 6, Sweethearts, is the story of three teenage girls who were all murdered in Victoria, Canada, within about 12 months. So she was scared. Something out there scared her. You've just created the playground where predators can really thrive. She was a 16-year-old girl. She was a sweetheart. Listen to Sweethearts at FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get podcasts. Find your frequency. From the KISS 92.5 studios in Toronto, Canada. This is Roz yes. and Mocha. It's Roz and Mocha. What's going on? Hey, I'm Sean Mendes. This is Selena Gomez. Drizzy Drake. Taylor Swift. Post Malone. Camila Cabello. This is Ed Sheeran. You're listening to my boys, Roz and Mocha. Right here. Turn up. My boys, Roz and Mocha. The Roz and Mocha Show. I can see uh, Between Roz and Mocha, who is your favorite? Roz. Mocha. Roz. Mocha. You guys are so funny, man. Oh. 20000 oh. The question is, what is the weirdest or funniest things you've learned about your partner while being quarantined with them? And it's been about seven weeks now. Yeah. That's a lot of time spent together, all day, all night. You know what I've learned about Catherine? That I, I've known, but like I've never really paid that much attention to it. Now that we share an office, because I got to go in there and shooty to Canada stuff all day. Yeah. And she sits beside me just returning emails and working on pictures and stuff. She may be the loudest typer I've ever heard in my life. Really? Yes. Like just smashes the keyboard. Oh, smashes the keyboard. And I, I can't say anything because it's like, it's what she's been doing. Like I'm invading her life. Like this is her office uh-huh. where she does all her day to day. And then I got to crash it now because I got to work from home to do the TV yeah, you show. Can't say nothing. I can't say nothing, but she is like, it's like this. Let me give you an example of what it's like working beside Catherine. Okay. Right. So I need you to just like sit and try and concentrate on doing anything right now. This is what it's like when you work beside Catherine. No joke. Okay. What time is it? Okay. She's still sleeping. <laughs> Okay. Or she's out getting cat food or something. This is what it's like. Ready? Yeah. She's sending like angry emails? And then she'll go like this. And then she'll go like this. And she'll go, delete, 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 delete. No, no, no. She smile on her face. Oh. Like full, <laughs> like, like she, living, living her best. Like, she so had a deadline? Happy. Oh, so Is happy. I know. So I'm like, hey, Scoop, what are you working on? <laughs> My deadline's at five minutes. I I know. Yeah, yeah. What are you, taking Nixon down? <laughs> hey, what the hell's going on with you over there? I gotta get this info to the Pentagon quick. So what's the weirdest or funniest things that you've learned about your partner while being quarantined? David Morey, uh, who's been doing cold calls, oh, just no. random numbers is out of his mind and dialing and asking the question. One of those numbers, not so random, is his husband, Dammit Matthew, oh, who's no. working in the other room at home and in Zoom <laughs> meetings all day. You are literally in the next room. You couldn't come out and ask me in person. You couldn't step four feet. Hi, it's Maury from the Roz and Mocha show. Are you oh, married? No, I know who the hell it is. Are you married? I wish I wasn't. What is the weirdest and strangest thing you've learned about your partner while in quarantine? How f***ing annoying he is. My husband wears a nightcap like he's Tiny Tim. What do you mean? It's like like a purple, silky nightcap. It has like a a tassel on top. 
And he wears it, he puts it on right before he goes to sleep and pulls it over his eyes. But I've never seen it before because usually, like, we, you know, I'll fall asleep first. And so he usually just puts it on after and then he's under the covers when I wake up. And so that's something that I'm sleeping beside. I, I brought it up and I asked him when he got it. And apparently he's had it for two years. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Hello, what do you want? <laughs> I actually want an answer. Maury, did you look at the clock? I'm on my daily Zoom meeting. Right now? Yes, right now. Can everybody say hi to me? Hi. <laughs> actually, now that we're both working from home, I noticed that when he's on a call with work, he he completely changes his voice. Like it's I call it his business voice. <laughs> he literally deepens his voice and it sounds like this. Well, well, there and uh, is uh, calling. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. I have a few, but for uh, the top of my head right now, uh, I usually get up in the morning before her every day before work. But now being home together, uh, I hear this voice. Somebody saying good morning to their coffee. Like, why did I? I don't even get a good morning. How come the coffee is getting a good morning? So just, I find it very interesting, like uh, how she loves her coffee more than me. Hello. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. Are you married? No. Do you have anybody in your life? Oh, no. Oh, okay, then I can't ask you this question. Come on, ask me. <laughs> but why? Because <laughs> I want you to. Oh, I wanted to know, what is the weirdest thing you've learned about your partner while quarantined together? Oh, uh, I don't really know. But you don't, you don't have anybody in your life. Yeah, that's true. You're alone. <laughs> yeah. Okay, bye. <laughs> Hello? Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. This is Maury from The Roz and Mocha Show, and I'm randomly calling people because I have a question for you. What is the strangest, funniest, weirdest thing that you've learned about your partner while in quarantine? Okay, you're going to think this is kind of crazy, but, like, I've noticed that my husband is, like, walking around the house, and he's, like, closing his eyes for like extended periods, like almost like blinking for, for like a really long time. And I just yeah. straight up asked him, I was like, why are you doing that? And he's like, oh, that's how I like take photographic memories. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to like capture things and that's how I do it. I just like close my eyes. These are things like I never knew he did because we don't work together. You know, the one thing I've noticed is that she keeps making this sound every time she takes a sip of like coffee or tea or soup and it's just so obnoxious and I said to myself I would never marry anyone that makes a sound yet here we are what do you want have you thought of an answer yet no I haven't well how am I supposed to move on walk away You've no answer for me. You've learned nothing from me over this time. Well, I learned that you're watching hours and hours of forensic files, and I'm convinced you're trying to kill me. No. Uh, there was a pause. I love you. Oh, I bet you do. Mm -hmm. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. I'm Laura Palmer, host of Island Crime. Season 6, Sweethearts, is the story of three teenage girls who were all murdered in Victoria, Canada within about 12 months. So she was scared. Something out there scared her. You just created the playground 
where predators can really thrive. She was a 16-year-old girl. She was a sweetheart. Listen to Sweethearts at FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get podcasts. Find your frequency. Drink them if you got them. The Damons got hammered last night. Like, hammered last night. Before we, and they, and Maury rolled on everything. So this may be one of the greatest Dammit's moments you guys are ever going to get, which is the Dammit's drunk. Maury, come on in here, my love. And it doesn't take a lot for them to get drunk no! either, right? No! They split, as we've heard in the past. Uh, they often split one can of cider and yes. get tipsy off of that. Yes. <laughs> and then what's left in that can goes back in the fridge for the next day. <laughs> it's a gift. Okay, so before we play... <laughs> what went on in the Damage condo last night? Yeah, let me read you. Let me read you this. Is a text that I got from Maury. <laughs> oh, what's the timestamp on it? Which which just read drunk, and then the next one was CNT <laughs> sent prod missed. I'll be. I N N N N N N N N N M R W and then B L L L L L L L A and then he ended it with be that as it may Friday is May Maury what time did you think you sent this to me last night 10 820 no. You were that drunk at, at 8.20. You need help, bro. <laughs> oh, come on. That's prime at, time. At 8.20. Try and read that, Mocha, if you can. Uh, drunk. Try and read that. <laughs> I can't. Can't. Prod mic I'll be in and in and Be that as it may, Friday is May. <laughs> oh. Okay, what were you drinking again? Remind people more. I opened a nice bottle of red wine. Oh, wow. And it's a vintage. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's vintage? What 2013. Year? Uh, oh, wow. You went oh, for the expensive wow. stuff. Well, because I'm trying to open up uh, whatever I have, right? Because I don't want to. <laughs> what are you going through? What? You think it's going to spoil? Well, I'm just trying to like, hey, we're here. Let's have some fun. Why okay. not drink what's on the shelves? All right. And how are you feeling today? Oh, pretty oh. bad. <laughs> drinking on a Wednesday. Oh, it's a Tuesday. <laughs> it's a Tuesday, I believe. Poor <laughs> Andy. Is it? Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, are oh, you, you this is a very strict plane. <laughs> We're not on a plane. Should we open it in a bottle? Okay, really. Oh, I only took two. Two glasses. Excuse me. I am working. Look at your hair. Look at your hair. Stop! Oh my god. Look at your hair. Okay. <laughs> How do you want your hair done? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Stop! No, stop touching me because of COVID. No, touch your hair. I don't know where your hands have been. Just touch my hair. No. God, I'm gonna f shave that. Sh <laughs> Ew! <laughs> I'm, yo, that. What we just heard is basically that text that you got. 
Everything about it. Everything about it. And, and how much is left in the bottle more? This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. All right. Are we ready for our brand new game? Yeah, let's do this. 30 seconds or less. This, moving forward, we need your help. You can always hit us up on Instagram. You can text us. You can call us. Text us at 925 to give us your suggestions. This is going to be Mocha going head-to-head with Maury, taking your suggestions on something they can do in 30 seconds or less. This can be anything. It could be jumping jacks. It could be how many times can you blink? It could be can you read the specific Dr. Seuss book in 30 seconds or less? Anything oh that you think will be challenging to do in 30 seconds or less. So today's challenge to kick it all off. Yeah. What is happening over there? Can you yeah. make a balloon animal? In 30 seconds or less. (laughs) What? That is the challenge for today. Can you make this is a a poodle? This is a poodle, by the way. No, it could. You could be any animal. I made. I made a poodle. Okay. Okay. As you can see, you made that. Yeah, it's a beautiful poodle. But that didn't take you 30 seconds. What's that? No, the goal for you guys is this isn't can you do it in five minutes or less? Who wants to to watch five minutes or less? Who wants to watch that? So I'm going to give you each a uh, balloon which have been sterilized and individually wrapped. Okay. Maury, you take blue. Mocha, you take yellow. Wait, that's all one balloon? What's what do you mean? You made that animal out of one balloon? One single balloon. This is one single... I gotta make an animal out of this? Yes. How this, do you... Do, I've never one, done this. This is one single balloon. Wait, hold on. In 30 seconds? Yes. Yeah, so or you have less. To, so you have to blow it up. <laughs> yeah. Or less. Okay. So okay. You, have to, you have to blow it up, and then you start twisting and turning it uh, in order to create oh, I have to take some, my glasses off. some sort of balloon animal. So you'll hear the clock start, gentlemen, and then you have, again, 30 seconds or less. Now, these are regular clown balloons. They're the long, skinny balloons that you see clowns using at parties, wherever else. Okay, you can stretch it. You can do whatever you want with it, Maureen. Okay, so again, 30 seconds or less. (laughs) Gentlemen, can you make a balloon animal in 30 seconds or less? Go. Oh, my God. I can't even blow the balloon. What's going on with this balloon? Oh no. Well, I'm just gonna start like twisting it or something. <laughs> What's going on? I've never had this problem before. Stop, okay, do you have like non-trick balloons? Is there something wrong with this balloon? No, seriously. Are you sure? I'm 100% positive. How much did you get, Mark? Oh, my God. Hold on a second. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Maybe you have to stretch the, stretch the tip. Yo, this balloon's not blowing up. What's they're, the trick? They're, they're very difficult to blow up. They're very, they're very difficult to blow up. Okay. If I put any more pressure on myself, I'm gonna fart. Dude, okay. when's the thirty seconds up? Okay, thirty How much seconds. Time? The thirty seconds is the thirty seconds is long up. Hold on. Okay, now, okay. I, I will say, I will say this. Yeah. Um, it is much. It is much easier. Yeah. It is much easier when you use the pump to blow it up. 
right? Oh, you had a pump. Okay, yeah. It's much easier Bruh. when you when you use the when you use the pump to blow it up. Okay. So, do you want me to blow your balloons up? And then we can come back and you guys could have yes. full blown balloons. Yes. And then can we do that? And then you can try and build some sort of balloon animal. Okay. Because I think Maury may pass away. <laughs> okay. okay. We'll come back. We'll okay. play a song. We'll come back. Uh, we are playing, by the way. This is a, a new game on the Roz and Mocha Show called 30 Seconds or Less. Correct. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. 30 seconds or less. Okay, so welcome back to 30 Seconds or Less. This is the game where uh, Maury and Mocha are challenged to do something that is extremely difficult to do to pull off in 30 seconds or less. Today's challenge was to create a balloon animal like you see the clowns do, like a party balloon animal in 30 seconds or less. I made this one. This is a poodle. Uh, This whole thing, by the way, was my kid Roxy's idea. Oh, she had said, Rox. see if they can make a balloon animal in 30 seconds now, or is less. is that balloon that you made, the, yes. the, the, the dog? Yes, sir. Is that one balloon? It's one balloon. What the hell? So you okay. twist little balls into it. You've never tried to make a balloon animal before? Not really. Okay, so the goal now is, uh, Mocha, your balloon is finally blown up. Maury, yeah. yours is blown up. I had to use the pump because you guys really struggled to blow these up with your mouth. That's impossible. Okay, sure. Some people can do it. Uh, so if you gentlemen are ready, yeah. Maury, are you ready? Yes. So the trick now is to make a balloon animal yeah. with a balloon already blown out in 30 seconds or less. Yes. Go. Done. Done. Okay. 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 Hold on here. Mocha, hold that up for me. Okay. No, no. Back it up a little bit. Unintentional. Okay. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I don't know what you think this game is, Mocha, but that is not what I asked you to make. (laughs) All right? That is not... That is not what I asked you to make. That was not the task. I didn't mean to twist it like that. That's what she said. Okay. Listen, man. I apologize, everybody. When you're not paying attention and you start twisting it like that. Okay. All right. Let's just. uh, Also, pause for one second. What? It's very impressive. (laughs) It's very impressive. You're welcome. Uh, Maury, let's see. Let's see how. Let's see how you did. What the hell? Well, this is the nose. Okay. Yo, that is amazing, Maury. Maury's dog doesn't have front legs, though. (laughs) (laughs) Some dogs don't. Is it it a dog? Explain to us what this is. Maury, what did you make? Yes. Dog. Dog. Yeah, that's that's right. Go through all the parts right now. We have the tail. That's the tail. (laughs) I thought those were the back legs. Okay, maybe this is the tail. Sure. And this is the nose. Okay. That's what 
an ear? One ear. So, you, okay, so Maury, I'm going to say this. Maury, I do believe the win goes to you. Okay? However, I will, say, I, I will say that uh, you won by making a balloon animal dog with one ear and no front legs. <laughs> okay, so as far as the win goes, I think, Maury, you can take this win. Um, but uh, you I kind of think Mocha won this. Did you see what he made? Oh, hey, hey, listen. And if we're judging other things here, Mocha definitely won. <laughs> this is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Is it going to be a gorgeous weekend? Right. Saturday, sunny, 18. Sunday, uh, Sunday sunny, like 19, 20 degrees. Oh. It's a perfect day to get outside and not look at the cherry blossoms at High Park because they're closed. So High Park is closed, right? Yeah, man. We could take your laptop outside and watch the live stream know, and sort of feel like you're there. It's so crazy how like this is going to be the weekend because this is going to is the first weekend of the year yeah. where it's going to be as nice as it is. So this is going to be the weekend. This it's going to be scary. It's this is our test. This is our Love Island. You know what I mean? This is when they tell you you're not no. allowed to go outside and have this fun is, this is or the, touch yourself. This is, this is uh, too hot to handle. Sorry, sorry. Too hot to handle. This My is bad. too hot yes. to handle. $100,000 is up for grabs. Yes. And guess what? All those rules that have been so easy we so far. We can't make out with the weather. Yeah. But oh. downtown, honest, everybody like around the Rogers Center, people are in droves running up and down the stairs because oh, all the gyms bro. are closed. It's, uh, it's it's crazy. There's so many people out. There's so no many. No one's going to not go out. There's so I many know people that. out. I know. And then you're going to see in like three weeks, there's going to be a massive outbreak. Yeah. No. You know, you, you know how. Yeah, for real. You know how uh, you see all these stories of people getting tickets and for stomping on walking paths and parks yeah. and everything else. I, I was out yesterday. I had to go to the, just watch the corner store. I needed milk. And I walked by, not even a park, but it's like a parking lot that has a little park area around it with a sure. walking path that goes between it. And I saw two people like sitting on the ground, hand feeding squirrels. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, and I get it. Like, I get it. I get that you're, you know, it's two of you, you're alone. There was nobody else around them for 100 feet, everything else. But I'm like, we're at the, the rabies. I'm, I'm like, we're at the hand feeding squirrel stage. Oh, no. Of quarantine we're, right now. We're ruined on the weekend. Right? You it's know what I mean? It's going to go to we're hell. Gonna, I know. We're, and we don't do, listen, this city, okay, and it's recognized. We don't talk about it a whole lot, but this city in particular, Toronto, and it's always been this way. It's very unique because as soon as we all come out of this winter funk that we have, of we're all cooped up and everybody lives in condos, it is a very Toronto-specific thing that as soon as nice weather happens, we all rip off all our clothes and walk around outside, right? Like we, like these first couple of weekends in Toronto when it's nice, it's like you will see nothing else like it throughout the year of people walking around wearing the least amount of clothes What's that you can. What's wrong with that? It does. Yeah. It looks like a Netflix show. Yeah. What's, uh, why are you complaining? I'm not complaining at all. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. People can't use Tinder. People can't go to parks. People can't go to bars. People can't do... The streets now, okay? Oh, horny as hell. They're horny as hell. <laughs> and when we start for, taking for off all our clothes... And weather. And when we start taking off all our clothes and walking around like we've done in this city forever, yeah. okay, it's going to be a disaster. I know. But single I know. people are so lucky. 
Like it's gonna be a disaster. We see we see the the numbers are going down. We're like almost there, everyone. It's like so close. I know. So close to being yeah. there. We're all gonna And, it's and gonna, this weekend it's gonna ruin bro, everything. Bro, everybody's gonna ruin everything this yeah. weekend. You're gonna see I'm in, so worried. In, in two weeks, Doug Ford is gonna be on television, like in tears, being yeah. like, What did you do? Yeah, you know what's gonna happen? This weekend's <laughs> gonna happen where it's twenty degrees, and on Monday, Doug Ford's gonna start talking about possibly canceling Halloween. Yeah. Oh, right? you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. that's, how bad, that, yeah, that's how bad we're going to hey, screw it up. <laughs> this is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Bro, I, I don't know. mean to freak you out. What? But uh, the people who make Nutella had to close the Brantford plant. Because, no! Because seven employees contracted coronavirus. Oh! Now, I don't know. They didn't say that there's going to be any shortages or anything like this, and they have to fully clean out the... And it's um, not just Nutella. They make no, three other things. I know. It's uh, well, it's it's Ferrero Rocher is the company that oh, makes it, as well as God. Kinder. And right? my favorite chocolate bar, Kinder Bueno. Yeah. So it's so I guess they make the Kinder Bueno. They make Nutella. They make. And we Kinder just Surprise ran out of Nutella the other Rocher. day on the weekend. I think that you're okay. I think you're fine. And I said to my wife, "We need more Nutella." Right. You're going to be okay. You so I want, and I don't want to on, on on my pancakes. I don't want to cause panic at it with this story. Well, Shem's just, thrilled because he can't stand Nutella. I, hate, I don't like Nutella. Who's you guys are nuts. Yeah, no, it's not enjoyable. How do you not love hey, a hazelnut spread? It's not enjoyable. I don't enjoy it. There's Have you even nothing, had it? Yeah, there's nothing about it that I enjoy. Well, no, but, but going I shouldn't into say. This, I shouldn't say. Like I shouldn't sweets. say. Have I have I had it? I had a sip. Somebody made like a Nutella shake. A sip. Yeah. Man, one time. you have Nutella then? No, I have you no, didn't have it for real. No, no. You had a nice. Thick layer on yeah, a piece of no. toast. Oh, yeah. yeah, no. You know no, what I'm saying? It's fine. It's you like, should try it. No, nah, it's like mangoes. I don't need it. I don't need it in my life. I got a lot of great food in my life. My a lot of great flavors hit this mouth. I don't need a. I'm not. I'm not hurting for another one. But the one thing that there is a shortage of mm-hmm. is we got through the toilet paper phase. Right now, everybody's got lots of toilet paper. We got through the pasta phase because everybody's buying up all the French pasta fries? dried food. French fries. The 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 shortage right now is you cannot find baking products anywhere. Oh, because everyone's baking at home everybody's now. Everybody's baking at home. Really? You can't find flour or yeast or baking powder anywhere. Nowhere. The baking aisles and grocery stores are cleaned out. Really? Because everybody's at home baking. Because everybody's always said, I want to bake one day, and now that you have time, yeah. you're baking. Yeah, everybody's showing their yeasts all online. Oh yeah, there's yeah. one like a yeast it's hat a, bag? It's a whole yeah, it's a whole thing. I think Gyllenhaal was Jake Gyllenhaal was That's showing off his yeast. Sourdough. He's making what? sourdough. Jake yes, Gyllenhaal was man. talking about making I'm sourdough. I'm telling you, the, the thing this. when when it all sort of filtered out, and we realized that the supply chain was fine, and we could rely on it, and everybody's gonna have toilet paper, and everybody's gonna have pasta, everybody's gonna have oh, diapers, yeah. all this stuff. Look at this. You just type in the hashtag yeast yes. on um, Instagram. <laughs> yes, and they got like three hundred and fifty-five thousand posts, bro. I'm and telling all you, beautiful ass bread. Yeah. Were you out looking for yeast? No, no. I just noticed it the other day because I needed um, I needed cornstarch for something, and there was no cornstarch. And then I just looked in the baking aisle, and I was like, literally, there's nothing here. It's like the baking aisle now in grocery stores looks like what the toilet paper aisle did when all of this started. It's just empty shelves with like white dust on them. (laughs) (laughs) And it flying on the floor. Yes, yeah, yeah. But there is no flour is like the one hot commodity right now. (sighs) But now my attention has been shifted. Yes. 
and I need to find out how and where I can get Nutella. Yeah, can't you buy those big giant jugs of Nutella Yeah, if you go somewhere? to Costco, don't they have a tub? You're going to go wait in that line at Costco? If you're there, get me some flour. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Can we quickly get into this Back to the Future business that was trending all week? Yes. So earlier in the week, five perfect movies was trending, right? And we had a long discussion about this on this show of what would make a perfect movie, where it has to be, it's not perfect as in you enjoyed it the most, but perfect as in there's no plot holes, it's a perfect script, the perfect execution, the direction could not have been better, the casting, acting, everything. What is the perfect movie? And James Gunn, director of Guardians of the Galaxy, delivered his top five perfect movies. And on his list was Back to the Future. And then he sort of made an amendment to that, saying Back to the Future seemingly could be imperfect because of why don't mom and dad remember Marty? Mm -hmm. But I would still argue it's a perfect film because there are reasons why this could conceivably be the case. Time protects itself from unraveling, etc. Or maybe I'm in denial. Who knows? So that's what he wrote. So people started going in on this, which has been a discussion since Back to the Future came out. And this that- was the first time I ever even put thought to this really? hole. Really? So, yeah. <sighs> and it's genius if you think about it. Like it, it, it's a genius mistake. So the 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 whole the plot hole that people have always pointed out in Back to the Future is with. Elaine, oh sorry, Lorraine and George McFly. When they were in high school, Marty's parents, when they were in high school, Marty goes back in time, he introduces himself as Calvin Klein. (laughs) He's the one who's responsible for them getting together, okay? He was a big part of their life for a very short period of time. Then all those years later, they have a son who looks exactly like Calvin Klein, this kid who went to their high school for a brief period of time and got them together. And so why don't they recognize that? That's the plot hole. Why don't George and Lorraine recognize their son as Calvin Klein? And if you think about it, that makes total sense because when he goes back to 85... And then Chris Pratt said this, maybe they do remember him, but only not as Marty, as Calvin. When Marty returns to present day in 1985, it could have been years since the parents would have perhaps originally noted the uncanny resemblance between their son and the kid from high school from 20 years ago. Then the co-writer for Back to the Future weighed in on this. Oh, okay. Okay, so the co-writer for Back to the Future, Bob Gale, says this. He was talking to The Hollywood Reporter, and he says this. Bear in mind that George and Lorraine only knew Marty slash Calvin for eight days when they were 17 and they did not even see him every one of those eight days. So many years later, they still might remember that interesting kid who got them together on their first date. He goes on to say, but I would ask anyone to think back on their own high school days and ask themselves how well they would remember a kid who might have been at their school for even a semester or someone who you went to school with just for just a little bit of time that there's no photo reference for after 25 years, you'd probably have just a hazy recollection. Then that hazy recollection, if he walked in, wouldn't you say, God, I can't put my finger on it, but you look so familiar to us. Yeah, but I don't know if it would be anything other than, other than you sort of remind me of somebody, but really no big deal. But they never even said that. And that's, I guess, the whole. No, no, but, but what they're saying is that Marty is 18, say, right? They may have had this conversation when Marty was, say, 16. Okay. That 
hey, our 16-year-old reminds me of Calvin Klein. That's a conversation you have one time and then you just never have again. No, but as the viewer, I don't know that. So I'm watching this going, he walks in the front door. How are you not at least whispering to each other going, doesn't he look familiar to I, you? But you're assuming, but you're playing it like when Marty walks through the front door. That's the first time George and Lorraine are seeing him, mm-hmm. which they saw him the day before. <laughs> but I guess in 1955. No, the no. day before in, in 1985. No, okay. but as a viewer, I, I don't know stop that. Stop everybody Please, for a second. Please, go ahead. For the past, I would say, this is embarrassing, maybe 15, 20 years now. Yes. I have been online on so many nerd websites right. that have talked about this exact same thing. it's been going on forever. Because it's been going on forever. Yeah. And like timeline disruption and like all these questions. Like I hardcore nerd out on information. So what's your take? With I, the only way, I can't believe we're still talking about this. Okay, whatever, who the cares? We got nothing but time. The only way uh, George and Lorraine would be able to make the relation of resemblance of their son Marty and who they kind of remember, Calvin Klein, in 1955, would be when Marty, as he's getting older, starts to somehow resemble. Because Roz is right, they would have had that conversation. Maybe when Marty was like 13, 14, 15 years old, they would have said, hey, he kind of looks like that guy that set us up back in 1955. Yeah. Not in that moment that you see in the movie when Marty comes out of the bedroom and his parents walk in after playing tennis. I, that's my morning. point, though, is they don't ref, they don't say anything but to why us would as they? the but viewer. Why would they? They don't but need why to. Would they? So that the, we never that have this conversation. But you don't need to because it's not actually a plot hole. Yeah. I think that the bigger, I think that if you're going to do anything, that I, uh, if you're going to show anything, I think that it would have been just how weird that the kid who got them together was named Calvin Klein. And then all these years later, there's... Uh, Calvin Klein underpants, right? Like, I think that if Lorraine discovered anything, she'd be like, hold on a second here. That guy that I met all those years ago, his name was Calvin Klein and he had it written on his underpants and you're telling me all these years later, another guy named Calvin Klein decided to make underpants? Like, to me, I think that that's the sort of bigger thing. Uh, Also, I kissed Calvin Klein in the car in 1955 (laughs) with my (laughs) (laughs) palm. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Upload is a new show on Amazon Prime that you'll probably binge this weekend. Starring Robbie Amell, it tells the story of what can happen to you after you die. Sort of like The Good Place, but you can pay to have everything about you digitally uploaded to a super fancy retirement retreat or just choose death. Robbie Amell, what's up, brother? It's Razamoka. I'm so tired. Oh. <laughs> Good thing I wasn't being that loud. Yo, how's everything, bro? How's the family doing? How are you guys surviving uh, quarantine? We're, we're good, man. We're just, you know... Doing our part to flatten the curve, staying home, um, spending time with, you know, me, the wife, the baby, my mother-in-law got into town right before everything went down. So we're okay. Yeah. How old's the baby now? Uh, seven and a half months. Seven and a half months. What's that like? I don't even remember seven and a half months. You're not sleeping at all, right? You know, he sleeps really well until I have an early morning phone call and then he has a really bad night. Oh no! Oh no! It's like he knows you got to you, you got to let the kid not go on your phone and look at your schedule the day before, man. <laughs> Brutal, uh, dude! How excited are you for upload now available on Amazon Prime? By the way, congratulations on the show! It looks friggin' fantastic. Thank you. It's really fun. You know, I, I working with Greg Daniels, who created Parks and Recreation in the Office, was like a dream come true. The guy is a genius. 
Uh, he's so funny. The show is so weird, which I think you kind of have to be to, you know, today because there's so many different outlets, different streaming networks, different shows to watch. Um, but it's been a long time coming. We shot this, this first season um, over a year ago, and we shot the pilot two years ago. Oh, wow. Wow, damn. That seems like a long so time. So this show, it, I was mm-hmm. such a huge fan of The Good Place, which just wrapped up, and I loved mm-hmm. everything that The Good Place was because it was hysterically funny, but yet they got into some really crazy questions just about life and uh, morals and afterlife and all this stuff, and then I start dipping into Upload, and I'm like, this is filling such a hole for me because I just miss those kinds of questions in a TV show and you guys do them in this show but only it's on like a completely different level of where you get to create an afterlife it's as if it's not a heaven right it's like humans created the perfect afterlife for other people and how some people would adapt perfectly and then you get people like Robbie that are like there's a lot of this that is just absolute crap like what the (laughs) hell is going on here right so when you guys are doing when you guys when you're doing this right are you guys constantly having these questions of you know what would this be like if they designed it this way or what would this be like like how much of it is fluid when you're on set um I love the comparison of The Good Place because The Good Place, is. Uh, I'm a big fan of the show. And if that's maybe like the spirituality side, then Upload would be like the technological exactly. side. Exactly. Um, but, but Greg, you know, a lot of the, the, um, the interesting questions that are posed are Greg. And he's been thinking about this for so long that, you know, he was like, if this were to happen in real life, what it would it be like? And he's like, it's not a utopia. It's not a dystopia. It's this middle-topia because, you know... Uh, there would ha- there would be problems um, that would be similar to you know the real world. There would be greed and and you know there would be capitalism and you know things wouldn't be just free. You know I, I think it's really interesting that that um, you know the I don't know what episode you've seen up to, but they introduced the two gigs and it's people you know, who only have two gigs of data in the afterlife. <laughs> yeah. like, this is so gross. <laughs> no, and so the, the the sort of premise behind it, as we said off the top, was you you get a choice when you're about to die, right? Where you can go and be uploaded, where you can go to one of these places that, like, rich people can afford, right? So if you have a somebody who's mm-hmm. already paid their sort of membership for it, uh, you can sort of go and you get uploaded to this beautiful resort-like it's world. Like a super bougie, like, <laughs> Retirement center, yeah, right? or you can choose death. And the, the best part, <laughs> right? The best part, though, is at the beginning you have a super rocky relationship with your rich girlfriend who bought your way into this place, and you get the choice to either die or get uploaded. And there's a moment where she's like, "This means we could be together forever," and you're like, "Death." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Robbie, what is it that you like about the show Upload? Uh, you know, I mean, first of all, it's Greg Daniels. If you like the author of Parks and Recreation. You know, he's got he's got a great track record. But I think, you know, what's really cool about the show is it blends so many genres. It's a comedy. It's science fiction. It's uh, a murder mystery. It's a romantic comedy. Um, He does a great job of writing this this line of never dipping too far into one genre. But at its core, you know, what Greg is really good at doing is developing these relationships between the characters and, and really bringing you in and investing, you know, having the viewer invest in the people that they're watching. I mean, he did it with 
with Jim and Pam on the office. He did it with so many characters on Parks and Rec. And I think that's why people will, will really dig the show. There's a, there's a sweet moment. And I would love to see the numbers on this because the one thing that uh, Upload did is in episode one, just what you were talking about, Robbie, where there's a scene on the subway and there's a scene where one woman is watching a movie on her phone, but it's not a phone. She's just holding her hands in like two L shapes mm. to create the phone, this screen and the, the movie's playing on it. And another character in the movie sort of leans over her shoulder and she starts watching the movie with her. And the movie was 50 First Dates. And I'll tell you, yeah. Robbie, right after, and I, want, I would love to know the numbers on this because right after we watched the first two episodes of Upload, we went and watched 50 First Dates. Because that's the movie that was oh, that's playing. That's the movie that was playing in the show. And I'm like, oh my God, this show that I love now just reminded me of a movie that I absolutely love. And so we did two episodes of Upload and then sat there together and watched 50 oh, First Dates. So yeah, nice. yeah, it was really great. Uh, one final question for you, Robbie and Mel, before we wrap things up. I know with quarantine and like projects being put on pause right now, movies, TV, everything. Uh, one of our favorite movies that you did a couple of years ago for Netflix was Babysitter. And you guys were filming Babysitter 2 before the shutdown. Were you guys able to finish everything? We did. Oh, yes! We got the movie in and we got the, the reshoots in. They, they, uh, they added a really fun kind of um, murderous fight scene for me. So oh, uh, I would say God, like yes. two weeks before shutdown. Oh, because the last <laughs> I, time you I, were in here, you're showing up some, uh, some behind the scenes photos on set. And then at that time, it was scheduled to be coming out this October. So you're saying, hopefully we'll still be able to see this movie in October. I think they're trying to get it out even earlier. It might be end of summer sort of thing, but, oh, uh, yes. but it'll definitely be this year by, by, by the fall. Oh, amazing. Robbie Amell, you know we love you so much. Upload on Amazon Prime right now. The entire first season is available for everyone. You and your family keep safe out there, bro. You too. Thanks, guys. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. From your 2019 NBA champions, he is the coach <laughs> of the greatest team in the league from your Toronto Raptors, <laughs> Nick Nurse! Good morning. I'm fired up. I'm fired up. Are you? Yeah. Oh, man. It's so great to talk to you, coach. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing good. Great to talk to you guys, too. Wow. As, as fans of sports and Raptors and everything else, it's really tough to just not have that right now. We should be in the playoffs right now. You guys should be kicking ass right now. What's it like to be the coach and have to sit through all of this doing nothing? Um, it's, it's the same as for everybody, really. I mean, listen, we all have things we want to do and, and what we're doing in our lives, and we've all had to put the brakes on hard, you know. And, and um, I'm just trying to stay positive, stay productive do my part, you know, all those kind of things. We're just trying to help out any way we can so we can get back to normal, you know? Uh, how much uh, contact are you having with your players? Well, we check in with them daily. Uh, so a member of our staff does just, just for health reasons, you know, just to make sure we're, they're healthy and all that kind of stuff. We have coaching staff check in with them uh, every other day. Um, and then we have a, in fact, we have a, a Zoom call today. You know, everybody's doing the Zoom calls. We have the whole team on one today. Uh, to discuss a little bit of the possible um, back to action here on May 8th if everything 
you know, keeps pointing in the right direction by then. Which player on the team uses one of those crazy Zoom backgrounds? OG and an OB. He's the master. <laughs> so, so what's the date? When can you guys get back to practicing? Do we know yet? Well, it's really sketchy. And, and um, they, they mentioned May 8th, the NBA came out. And if there's cities that are, you know, the governments are okay with, with um, you know, a that's really slow start. I mean, it's going to be like one player in with one coach mm-hmm. and a lot of protocols in place. And, you know, we're just going to follow the, the directives from, from our city here. You know what I'm saying? So it's just um, really slow paced, I think, but at least it's something, right? It's some positive news and we'll, we'll do what we're supposed to do. And we'll, we'll try to um, get the guys in the gym, but, but, do everything we need to do and keep them safe, you know? Uh, who on the Toronto Raptors coach, Nick Nurse, have you chatted with who's, like, really fired up to get back on that court? Yeah, just about everybody is. I mean, it's it's been a, it's been a battle, to be honest with you, in a good way, to, to keep them out of, you know, to keep them out of there. I mean, they, they really wanted to, to go to the gym and, and all that kind of stuff. And you can understand that it's, it's like you'd rather have them almost in your own gym than you would wanting to go do something somewhere else, but, yeah. but you know when they're when they're in motion and moving the way they are and working and putting so much time into their craft, and then just to have nowhere to even like uh, grab a ball or or all that kind of stuff, it, it's pretty difficult. But they've done a good job. We've tried to supply them with uh, plenty of workout equipment, get them basketballs, even even some you know uh, hoop if they had a if they have a driveway or something, an outdoor hoop, and just so they can keep going. But uh, Almost all of them are, are, you know, like all of us, I think, chomping at the bit to get out there and get going. What are your feelings about possibly playing without a crowd? Well, I think we got to do what we got to do. I think, like you guys hit at the top, man, wouldn't it be great to be able to flip on the TV and and watch the the Raptors play? I mean, yeah, it'll be different and it'll be whatever, but man, it'd be be so so much uh, to look forward to. We'll also hear every single word you say during that game. Um, (laughs) That's not good. (laughs) We will hear every (laughs) single word that you say during that game. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. That's uh, part of it. I'll have to Beyond my best behavior. <laughs> have you, uh, have you, or any of the other players uh, for the Toronto Raptors hopped online and uh, like played a round of uh, 2K? A lot of our guys are playing. I, I don't play. That's a little bit. I've actually got the game, and I got. I haven't set it up yet. But I, but I, uh, my kids are a little too young. I don't want to get them going too early on that. Sure. But uh, uh, I know our guys are playing a lot. Yeah. Serge Ibaka from the Toronto Raptors. How <laughs> talented are you? Is the yeah. competition that he, the talent show that he's hosting right now on Instagram, and Shem from our show, from the Raza Mocha show, was actually a competitor on Saturday and made it through to the next round. Are you going to be voting on any of the uh, future contestants? Well, I, I've already been on once as a judge, um, and I'm, I'm hoping he brings me back. I tell you what, that thing is. First of all, I give people, everybody that does that, a lot of credit. They, they first of all, they're really good. And they have a lot of courage to go on there and stuff. I, the day I was on, there was a magician on there who was awesome. There was all kinds of singers, dancers, a rap. You know, it was it was really something. I, I think it's a uh, and and it's uh, man. I was grinning ear to ear. I was laughing. It was it's really funny and it's really fun and 
and it's a great show. If you haven't, everybody that hasn't seen it, check it out because it's awesome. And I hope to get back on there and judge. And uh, are you playing the piano again? Is that what I hear? I'm playing, yeah, I play in the piano and I play the guitar a little bit. I'm trying to work on both of them here while I'm in lockdown. So uh, we're, we're getting there. I, I, I have a couple of young kids running around the house. Ne- ne- maybe next time you can have me on, I'll get to a quieter place. I'll play a, a tune or two. Oh, oh yeah, awesome. we'd love that. Coach Nick Nurse <laughs> from the Toronto Raptors, thank you very much for joining us on the Razamoga Show. We cannot wait to talk to you again. And more importantly, we can't wait to see our championship team back on that court. Okay, thanks a lot. I really appreciate you having me on. And um, we're just all trying to do our part to get back to normal. So you guys are doing a great job. So thank you. Hey, can I mention one thing? Yeah, go quick? ahead. Go ahead. Can I, I just um, I just launched a foundation, ironically, the, the night before the NBA uh, lockdown. I kicked off my foundation, and we're, we're, uh, I got a local student to produce a T-shirt and a local vendor to produce some T-shirts, and we're selling them starting today to all the proceeds going to food banks here in Toronto. I just wanted to, it's on my Instagram page, the Nick Nurse, if people want to get a T-shirt, little Toronto Skyline Championship trophy. A cartoon of yours truly and uh, all the money going to COVID 19. Love it. Oh, love that. Thank you so much, Coach Nick Nurse. Okay, guys. Thanks a lot. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Hi, Aaron. Hey. How you doing, oh, man? It's Roz and Mocha. Um, not too bad. Not too bad. So, Aaron, you wrote us this uh, Roz and Mocha Fix My Life. Do you have any advice to a soon to be stay at home dad? My wife will be returning to work this coming May. The initial plan was for our son uh, to go to daycare so that you could focus on your own business, which is at the early and networking stage, you said. But because of COVID and the lockdown, he has to stay at home. Uh, since both of you are parents, both of us are parents, uh, and we have kids at different ages, you're looking for some tips. Yeah. This is a whole new world, huh? Yes, it is very much yeah, <laughs> a whole I, new world. To I me. think that it's part of what everybody's just dealing with, which is just trying to deal with something that, one, you were not expecting at all, and everybody's just sort of taken on roles that they are unprepared for. But I will say this, like with all the, the, the parents that are at home right now with kids that are basically becoming their teachers and the PE coach and the art teacher and the music teacher, you put a parent in a role that they've never done before and you're going to be surprised how fast they adapt and how well they thrive. Instincts kick in and uh, and I don't think you have a whole lot to, to worry about. So how old is the kid? He's about nine months now. Almost oh 10. my God, you're fine. Yeah, A baby? <laughs> As long yeah. as you are keeping your son fed and changing those diapers, keeping them clean and entertaining every now and then, I think you're okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've been doing pretty well with the feeding and stuff, so. Yeah, man. You, yeah. Know, you, know, you already know how much work it is. It's not like, I can understand it being terrifying if somebody asked you to come into their house and take care of their kid and, and you you were unfamiliar with what it's like to have a nine-month-old in the house, but you're very familiar with what it's like to have a nine-month-old in the house, right? Yeah. Yeah. Especially being at home every single day with that kid. Uh, what are you nervous about the most, Aaron? I guess it's just mainly, it'll be just me yeah. taking care of them because uh, usually my wife is kind of the one that's on top of things. Yeah. And I'm kind of like uh, supporting and, you know, cooking stuff, but... What yeah, she's the one that was mainly doing the major stuff. So have you talked to your wife about this? Yeah, yeah, of course. It's, it's a discussion that we've been having and, on and off. So. And so what sort of insight has she given you? Uh, well, she's just telling me to be more uh, proactive and things. So uh, I've been doing that these past few weeks. So I've been 
on top of his feedings. I've been cooking him a lot of stuff and, you know, taking care of him more. <laughs> the one thing that I remember about having a nine-month-old is the goal is to really just make sure the kid is never bored. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. when they get bored is when they get pissy. And you just, oh, it's just, you have to just be present, you know, always. And yeah, you can, if they're like playing with a little thing and they're in their playpen or whatever you have, I don't even know, the Jolly Jumper doing the whole deal, right? You can go and sit on the toilet for five minutes or, you know, you can do, you can do stuff, right? But you just have to yeah. make sure the kid doesn't get bored. Like it's just, it's your responsibility to just make sure you are present at all times. Yeah. Okay. That's a, a little bit of a breath of fresh air, I guess. Yeah, yeah man. So Mocha Cruz is three. So you yeah. pro- you remember nine months way better than I remember nine oh, months. Oh, I do. We took advantage. So Cruz, at that age, was he? Na- I think he was napping twice a day. I think yeah. he was napping in the morning and in the afternoon. And during those nap times, I don't know, Aaron, if your son naps during the day at all uh, or how many times, yeah. but during the, the nap time, we usually <laughs> use that time to do stuff around the house mm-hmm. and kind of like prepare for the next couple of hours that we had with him, whether it was trying to do the dishes or put away dishes or do the laundry or clean up because there's just stuff all over the place all the time, right? So just trying to keep some sort of order in the house. Like we were taking advantage of the uh, the naps that, that Cruz was on, whether even if it was like returning emails or looking through emails or planning or, you know, the grocery shop uh, list, anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's been on two naps now and uh, we do exactly what you guys do. It's yeah, just uh, do stuff in between. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, and you're, you're not going to be able to take on projects that, you know, sort of take you an hour or 90 minutes during the day. I remember what I would do is finding 15 minutes is easier than finding an hour. Yeah. And so if I had planned something for dinner, I know that I would start doing a little bit of prep for dinner at like 10 a.m. Where I knew if it was going to be veg heavy, 10 a.m., I would take 15 minutes, chop everything, stick it all in Tupperware and put it in the fridge. Yeah. Right? And then we'd hit like 2 o'clock, whatever, I would do a little bit more prep for dinner and stick it in the fridge. And then what wound up happening was then all I needed to do was take 15 minutes, put everything together and stick it in the oven. Right? Like you can find 15 minutes during the day to do one task that would normally take you an hour, which is an hour you will never... Ever find so, so learn to split it all up. Even in our house now, Cruz is three. Oh, and even forget about now, it. Forget it. What you just described, Roz, with the yeah. way you make dinner, we kind of plan like in the morning when I get home at like eleven, eleven thirty in the morning. Yeah, we're planning what we're having for dinner that night yeah. or for the next couple of nights, and we start preparing at yeah. that time. Yeah, yeah, like periodically throughout the day. Yeah. Okay. And do that yeah. with everything, right? You know, don't don't think that you can go in and clean the whole bathroom. Go in, do the sink, come back out, play with the kid. Go in, do the toilet, come back out, play with the kid. You know, you can you break break things up into smaller pieces throughout the day. You're still going to get it all done, but you're going to find five minutes as opposed to looking for a half hour. Okay. Think of it as like mini adventures. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Make, do that. Make, make it fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Hope that helps, Aaron. Then. Yeah, very helpful, guys. Thank you very much. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Yo, Jade, it's Roz and Mocha. Hey, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing okay. 
Okay, so Jade, you wrote us this. Uh, Rosamoka fixed my life. About a year ago, I invested in something, and during that time, I told slash pushed my best friend into investing as well. Turns out it was a total scam, and now I'm out of a lot of money, and so is my best friend. I feel guilty for losing her money and now stress on if our friendship will last. If I was in her position, I would blame me too. We both invested and both lost the money. I feel that I should try to give her back what she lost. But on the other hand, it's a lot of money. And other people are telling me that she uh, willingly invested when she just could have said no. I feel responsible. I don't think my best friend can look at me the same way and blames me. Should I be paying her back the amount she lost? Oof. What are we talking here, Jade? How much? Uh, total, both of us, around 40K. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Okay, how did you How did you get scammed? It was a family friend who, you know, kind of said, kind of invest in this, and, you know, she was like an aunt to me, and I fell for it, and so did my friend. So did your aunt also get scammed, or did your aunt scam you? It was a family friend, like an aunt, and she was doing the scamming. Okay. She took advantage. So why can't you go after her for the money? She basically turned off her phone, went MIA. We, I also reported to the police as well. Yeah. What they said. They can't really do anything yeah. when it comes to financial scams. It's kind of, yeah, if do it's the, a family friend, do, does nobody know where she lives? No, no one went. She went, she did to them as well. Okay, but you knew this woman well enough to give, to trust her with money, right? Yes. The question is not whether you can go after the family friend for scamming you. The question is whether you owe your girlfriend money that you sort of pushed her into investing with you. What does she say about all this? She's pretty upset. Yeah. Uh, I guess we took a break on our friendship. She says she needs time. Uh, this is a tough one. I, I like realistically, no, you you don't. Um, I understand the, the the guilt and wanting to do the right thing and pay her back, and you feel completely responsible. But adults make adult decisions, and unfortunately, with something like this, this wasn't a case of your friend who lent you money and you never paid her back. This is a case of somebody was presented with an idea of an unrealistic quick payday, didn't do their own research and trusted the wrong people. That is completely on you two as individuals, mm-hmm. not just all on you. Now, now, if you were part of the scam, that's different. Like if you were telling her things, that, you know, to sort of get her to do this that you knew not to be true or that you knew sounded a little shady, but you just didn't want to go into this on your own, then yes, I would say that you owe her something. But adults make adult decisions all the time. And when you invest, you run the risk. And obviously it doesn't sound like this is something she's ever done before. And you got to be able to, to, to spot a scam. People get scammed all the time. I don't think it's up to you to pay her back. Mm, yeah, that's why. But I feel so guilty. And it's like, do. I kind of like want to give some money because I feel like that money will help our friendship and regain the trust. Have you guys had a conversation? Like when was the last time you talked about this situation? Oh, we've had conversations about it. And the last one was pretty brutal. What did she say to I, you? She expected me to pay, and she told me she lost total trust in me, which I get, but I also lost money. What did you say to her when she said, hey, at the beginning, when she said, God, this is a lot of money, I don't know, 
Uh, I don't even know who this person is. I don't know if this is a smart decision. How did you sell her on this? Basically, I invested first and I brought the idea to her. And then she asked me, do you trust her? I'm like, yeah, I trusted this aunt of whatever you call her. And so she's like, okay, well, I'll do it too type thing. But did she ask questions about the investment? Uh, I actually gave the phone number to her, of this so-called aunt to her. So they had their own private conversation about it and did their own transaction. Okay, so she never handed you the money and that to give to the aunt. She did it no. all on her own, right? Yeah. yeah, I say that then that is all her it is. responsibility. Um, if she had a, a conversation and then it was her at the end of the conversation, very willing to give up the money, then that's on her. That's not on you. This type of thing when people have never invested before and then they suddenly get in, it's usually because it's a deal that's sort of, you know, once in a lifetime, too good to be true. What was the promise of payoff from 20 grand? What was she expecting to make back? I can't remember how much percentage, but it was like 10%. 10%. Okay. First of all, you're never going to get 10% on any investment. Okay. Like it's just, it's, yeah. it's just that the world doesn't work that way. It, there's no, there's no such thing as a sure thing. And as a lesson to you and as a lesson to your friend, and I will say this as a lesson to anybody else out there, because their the history is riddled with people who have never invested in anything before, get convinced by a friend to do so. And whether it's the weed business or whether it's stuff like this, I will just give you this piece of advice. When somebody comes up to you, okay with a investment tip and that investment tip is coming from somebody who you have never in your life heard them speak of investing or any sort of financial planning stay the hell away because they don't know what yeah. they're ta- they don't know what they're talking about so you so her the day that you said oh my god i'm investing in uh, my aunt's thing and it's going to be this thing with 10% i'd be like you've never once talked about this you are mm-hmm. clearly getting hustled a or b have no idea what you're talking about by the time it gets to somebody like you it's dead i learned my lesson trust me <laughs> yeah well hopefully somebody hears this somebody from one of the fraud squads or wherever you are I don't know what city do you live in uh, Toronto okay so so maybe somebody will hear this and the, the problem with getting money back is they just don't know where to find these people but if you have a lead mm-hmm. on, if you have a lead on where this person is maybe they can maybe they can find her thank you very much guys right. love the show yeah take Glad it easy this is the Roz and Mocha show podcast I'm Laura Palmer host of Island Crime Season 6, Sweethearts, is the story of three teenage girls who were all murdered in Victoria, Canada, within about 12 months. So she was scared. Something out there scared her. You've just created the playground where predators can really thrive. She was a 16-year-old girl. She was a sweetheart. Listen to Sweethearts at FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get podcasts. Find your frequency. Once again, it's time to check in with Mayor John Tory on the uh, current state, the city of Toronto during the lockdown. Roz and Mocha, how are you doing? You and uh, you, two of you and Maury, the original bunch of yahoos. Uh, you should have <laughs> trademarked that. <laughs> Yahoo! You should have trademarked that. You you guys fit the bill completely. Thank you. Mayor Tory, w- uh, speaking of the yahoos, what did you think of those people who showed up at Queen's Park on Saturday? 
I don't expend any emotional or intellectual energy. Some people might say I don't do that anytime, but I don't expend any on them. <laughs> you know what? All I had to see was was the half the people there were people that were against vaccinations. And I say to myself, okay, let's just process this for a minute. You've got people here when we're desperately looking for a vaccine to bring this whole thing to an end and fight it to the ground around the world. And these people are against vaccinations and protesting that we should be opening up the economy. And look, I want it open as fast as possible. Premier Ford does. We all do. But you got to be, you know, responsible about this. And I just don't waste any time thinking about people like that. It's a free country; they can do as they wish. But uh, we're on a different course, which is to do this responsibly, and we'll we'll get it done. And uh, we know one thirty this afternoon, um, Premier Ford will be uh, sort of unveiling plans to reopen the economy. How involved in these conversations have you been? Very much so. And I, I wouldn't, like, I don't think people should get their expectations up that okay. we're going to say, you know, the plans are going to say, you know, next Tuesday all bars open and next Thursday you can go get a haircut. I think it's going to be more setting out um, some of the parameters that have to be met so you can sort of look for changes to start to take place when you see certain kinds of test results happening and this sort of thing. And then maybe some principles, which I think people have seen from Saskatchewan and from other places in the world where you have a kind of a staged reopening. So I don't think they will see a detailed plan, certainly not with dates on it, just because we're not there yet. Uh, but at least people will know we've got the planning exercise well underway. We're doing it together, which I think is important. And, uh, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, but it's still, uh, you know, only reason for what they keep calling cautious optimism yeah. uh mayor Tory, how do you think the city like the residents in the city of toronto are doing with the current state of the lockdown oh i think they're doing really well but i think the challenge comes with uh the improvement in the weather you know we've had kind of a crappy spring with pretty cold temperatures and none of those kind of you know magnificent spring days where it's like 20 degrees and and sunny and i think there's some sign that maybe that might happen at the end of the week but that's going to be the time in the kind of hopefully latter weeks of uh you know of of, of peaking out and having the curve turned down that people are going to have to exercise maximum discipline so i you know i think people have been doing well i mean as usual, when you see, I think we've written about 500 tickets for people who've been violating these various uh, spacing rules. If you think about it, that sounds like a lot, but that's in a city of 3 million people over a period of like six weeks, and people have been out and about all over the place. And so I think that that's pretty good, and I think most people are being respectful of the fact that, you know, by staying away from others, by staying home, they actually hasten, you know, the arrival of the day when, uh, you know, things get back to normal, although I think that's going to take some time, and normal will be something we'll probably have to redefine in some respects. But uh, I think people are doing well. And, 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 you know, the other thing is their patience with having to be at home and having to not go to work and having to have the kids cooped up and having to, uh, you know, not do all kinds of things they love to do, I think has been remarkable. And I, I really do congratulate them. I know I sometimes sound like, you know, sort of a gloom and doom guy because I'm saying we got to do better. But that's just because I really want to speed up the day when we can, you know, get things uh, heading back to normal. So is there going to be a live stream of the cherry blossoms at High Park? Yes. Uh, and, and we're hopeful it's going to be a live stream. It isn't just kind of like a one camera deal, but rather we can have different shots. And uh, we've had some people offer to use drones to take some shots from the air. We'd like it to be something people can, you know, find as not a replacement for being there in person because it's a beautiful spectacle to see in person, but that at least they'll feel they can have a glimpse of this for this year. And maybe more people who never would have thought of going to High Park uh, can be part of it. And the bloom time is sort of supposed to come up. The weather has been a bit cold, but it's supposed to come up kind of this week or, you know, this weekend. And we'll stay right on top of that. I'll tell you one thing that I like about the idea of live streaming the cherry blossoms is that all the yahoos 
uh, won't show up and shake the branches so all the blossoms fall off the tree for their dumb Instagram post. It'd be the kind of thing they might do, you know. And I, I, I characterized them earlier this morning, perhaps I shouldn't have, as people who, when they're not at Queen's Park having these kind of protests, they're sitting in somebody's basement typing messages to each other, you know, <laughs> like uh, lo- Looney Tune kind of messages. But look, it's a free country. People, you know, are entitled to hold their opinions. And, uh, you know, to me, the fact that it was like, I think the police said, you know, 75 or 80 people showed up is indicative of, you know, you could get 80 people to show up for anything. We could get 80 people to show up for you three guys as a bunch of yahoos and have a celebration of that. Uh, uh, I think, I, in fact, I think we could do way far. better. I think if you if you put the word out and said you were going to have some kind of a meeting, even though it's against the rules, I, I, I think we could do way better than 80 people for yeah, you three guys. No, you're right. You're right. Quick question for you. I don't know how this has not come up in any of your press conferences or not, but um, your birthday, May 28th, are you concerned? On what's no. going to happen with the city. We won't be able to celebrate. Well, that's true. But, I mean, I, I, I generally don't uh, make a big deal. It's funny when you say that because I think a lot of people have been having, you know, birthdays. In fact, I've been uh, phoning in to a couple on Zoom for, from friends of mine. And people are just used to now having a sort of momentary acknowledgement on Zoom and move on. And I've always been that way about my birthday. Anyway, not because I care about my age, but just because I sort of figure, well, what's, what's the big deal? I mean, you know, uh, to me, it's just great that you've lived another year and, and lived to fight another day. God, the world is going to suck when we to start going to people's stupid birthday parties again, huh? Ah, you see, you're, there's a man that's telling the truth. <laughs> Meritori, if you want, uh, Roz, Damamori, Shem, and I can drive by your house and honk the horn and while you stand out there on the porch. I'll take that under advisement. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, live, I live 11 stories up in a condo, so you guys would have to do even more shouting than normal. Mary John, Tori, always a pleasure checking in with you. Thank you so much for joining us on the Roz and Mocha Thanks show. for keeping, uh, you know, people with a smile on their face, guys. Uh, that's what we got to do that just to sort of get through this and and, uh, you know, the time is counting down, so everybody should have faith and have patience. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. It's safe to say that majority of people have watched Tiger King on Netflix. Safe to say. Because it is now officially out of my top 10 on... Oh, is it out of the top 10? Out of the top out? 10, yeah. It's no longer in the top 10 in Canada. All right. That, um, that uh, Liam Hemsworth movie came out. That's actually it. number one. Yeah. Yeah, that's number one. And then the Jordan documentary is number two, The Last Dance. Oh, Chris Hemsworth. I'm sorry. Chris Hemsworth movie. When watching um, Tiger King, you know, some of my favorite parts were Joe Exotic uh, and his music videos. Because <laughs> he legit tigers. thought he was a good singer. Yeah. Didn't we find out that it wasn't yeah, actually? Not, he doesn't sing. It wasn't him, right? No, he does Somebody not else. sing. Yes. But there's one uh, diss record that he put out against... Carol Baskin called Here Kitty Kitty that somebody actually covered. Oh, really? And it's a band that you know. Oh. So here's the original. She was a rich woman. She had rich taste. She felt the blood running through her veins. Remember in the video, he had the uh, Carol Baskin yeah, lookalike? Look yeah. She liked the life she had. She loved her big cats and the beauty of being So, okay. I'm going to play you the cover before okay. I okay. tell you exactly who it is. Here we go. She was a rich woman. She had rich t- 
The same band that gave us this song. Me, baby. The, what is this? Is this the Offspring? Yes. <laughs> pretty fly for a white guy. Yes. And you know what's awesome? Is you know, you know damn well that Joe Exotic was a huge fan of Pretty Fly for a White Guy. <laughs> That's the irony in all of this. <laughs> yeah, these are the guys that did the cover of Here Kitty Kitty by Joe Exotic. Well, they did a great job. I like the tempo. I like right? it sped up a little. <laughs> it was a lot faster and a little, I guess, happier, if that makes sense. So that's the offspring with wow. Here Kitty Kitty, originally done by Joe Exotic. <laughs> the Roz and Mocha Show on KISS. Dolph DeYoung is the CEO at the Toronto Zoo, and uh, the zoo needed our help, and the city showed up. To yeah. help out. Yeah, man. Zoo for Life it was a fundraising campaign, raised $500,000 to help feed the animals. Also, Dolph DeYoung, I went to junior high and high school with this oh, guy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hold like, on. Like a kid I used to play with runs the zoo. And at that zoo, they got a, a giraffe that's about to give birth any day now. That's right. Dolph DeYoung, what's up, man? It's Ronza Mocha. Good morning. I'm uh, having a great morning. What about you? Good, man. I went to high school with Dolph. It's been a long time. Look at you running a zoo. Yeah, who would have thought, eh? Yeah, the kid a- with uh, all the animals in this house ends up at a zoo. Yeah, I know. That's amazing. So uh, what is going on right now? Because the zoo is really, with everything that's happening and all the closures and all this stuff, it was only recently where I was like, my God, what's going on with the zoo and all the animals? Well, you know, there's no guests, but otherwise it's business as usual, right? Mm-hmm. Um, these animals need to get fed every day. Uh, we need to be looking after uh, their mental well-being and, and making sure everything's running for them. Uh, and a really tough time of year. Usually March break, we would have hosted literally, you know, tens of thousands of guests. So, um, yeah, a real, a real challenge for us, just like everyone else with and, this pandemic. And do you guys have uh, still like enough employees to look after all the animals? Yeah, we've been incredibly fortunate. Uh, we were early as far as adopting uh, a bunch of precautions. We have a couple different teams. There's a lot of folks who haven't seen each other in a long, long time. Uh, so that even if even if we did have uh, some folks get sick, we had enough of an insurance policy to feed them no matter what. I don't know enough about the, the sort of social aspect of all the animals that are in the zoo, but do any of them miss the people? Yeah, you know, I, it, it, they're just like us. I think some folks uh, have really taken the isolation and others are kind of waiting for this all to be over. The other day I was in uh, the zoo and it was amazing. I was actually the olive baboons. Uh, we walked by and they all immediately came right up to the front of the 
habitat oh. and we're kind of like, hey guys, where have you been? We've missed you. <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah. Uh, out of all the so, animals uh, at the zoo, Dolph, out of all the animals there, which animal like typically needs the most care? Oh, wow. Um, you know, they all need such different care, you know, starting with diet. Some animals have really complex diets that change through the year. So something like a polar bear uh, that varies incredibly from a, a largely a greens based diet in the summer to a meat rich one to, um, you know, our big primates, you know, the gorillas have, have incredibly diverse tastes and needs and each of them have their own kind of favorite foods in that. So I, I have a tough time picking just one. Um, you know, whether it's how they get their food, when they get their food or what they eat, uh, there's a lot of variety and how it's delivered. You know, food is a big part of what all of us do, right? I think we've all talked about the COVID-19 pounds, but, you know, for us in the animals, how you place food in the habitat, uh, how that's part of their daily routine, finding what's out there like they would in the wild is a huge part of, of their day-to-day lives. And the fundraising campaign you guys ran Man, did that ever take off, huh? You know, this is an amazing, amazing city. You know, we get great support from our, our municipal leaders, but also, you know, we had something like eight, 9,000 uh, new donors who said, listen, we understand revenues that you traditionally get from parking aren't coming in, and we want to do a little something to help. And uh, they've been so, so supportive, whether it was through that campaign, through watching our Facebook Lives every day at 1 o'clock, where they kind of get to see the hidden zoo and a lot of the the animals that don't usually get some prof, uh, high profile or our uh, school programs on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 11 a.m. It's been great. And uh, what's happening with the giraffe? Oh, any day now. You know what? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a dad, but this is as excited as I've ever been. Every morning I'm back on the giraffe cam every night before I go to bed and, and we're waiting. Um, Starry's still doing great. Uh, she's, you know, she's getting really, really big. Uh, her rudder's getting bigger, so we're hoping any day now we get to see uh, baby long legs. Wow. <laughs> baby <laughs> long legs. Are you guys going to set up a, a, a webcam at all? Once we get a little further down the road, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mastari's a first-time mom, so we're really making sure we give her a lot of room, and uh, it's all about her right now. Um, we're minimizing traffic even for those types of things. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, as soon as we get uh, baby long legs on the ground and she's <laughs> or he's doing well, uh, we'll, we'll be sharing those stories. Uh, Maureen has a question. Yes, I need to know what it was like to be in high school with Roz. And Roz used to have really long hair. Did you ever get to touch it? <laughs> I, I didn't get to touch it, but, you know, it was odd. I think I think Roz was like 6'2 in, in grade 9, yeah. um, you know, a height I could never dream of. And, uh, you know, there was always... You know, there's always this air about him wandering about the high school. And then we knew each other even before that. Our, yeah. our parents hung out a little. So, yeah, uh, yeah we went back a long, long way. Yeah. Now, he always brags about being really popular with the ladies. Is that true? You'd know. Um, I, I, I can confirm uh, that reputation. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. you the best, man. Did they, did, they, <laughs> did they also call him Baby Long Legs? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think Roz was doing skinny jeans well before it was a thing. You know? Enough, man. Enough. You got like a million animals to take care of right now, bro. Uh, Dumpty Young, CEO of the Toronto Zoo. Thanks very much for hanging out on the Razamoga Show. We know that you raised uh, half a million bucks to help feed the animals during the fundraising campaign. If people still want to donate, if they still want to help out, how do they do that? Um, they can go to wildlifeconservancy.ca and uh, there's a few different options uh, for them there uh, to help out with our zoo. You know, we're a massive operation, you know, 5,000 different uh, animals, 400 plus different species. Uh, so we welcome their support and we really look forward to hosting them again once we get through this pandemic. That's, That's amazing. Awesome. You're the best, Dolph. Thanks so much, bro. Have a great one. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Did you hear the new New Kids on the Block song? 
No. That they released featuring Boys to Men, Jordan Sparks, Naughty by Nature. No. It's called House Party. Why Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> it just reminds me of like ridiculous times. That's all. Just the, just the simplicity. Like all the 90s no, kind it, of. No, yeah. No, that and it was, there's an innocence to the song. There was a real innocence to music when this sort of sound was popular. And you don't get that innocence of like house party. You know, like it just, that kind of thing doesn't exist anymore. Everything is just far too deep and dark. And um, I don't know. I, I long for the simplicity and innocence of songs like House Party. It just seems like it's a, it's a, it's a nice feel good song. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Nobody does this anymore. I miss it. By the way, all the uh, the proceeds from the sale of this particular song is going towards a charity. And according to New Kids, the charity is auctioning a tour night with New Kids on the Block when live events happen again. It's a great prize. People would lose their minds for that. Yeah, right? You know what I mean? Like it's a, it just, it, it's a, it's a sound that you don't hear anymore, and it's a sound that's, it's familiar, and you miss it. There you go. That's like House it. Party by New Kids on the Block. <laughs> this is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. How are you? Good. I'm looking at these pictures of. Uh, you haven't seen one of these in a real long time, which is Kylie Jenner. The story is that she deleted pictures off i guess instagram i'm not sure what it was okay because she uh got caught like warping them and photoshopping them <gasps> no to make her butt look bigger <laughs> what are you serious <laughs> yeah no yeah so it's a shot of her in the pool yeah and i guess the name of the caption was taco tuesday okay i don't know why uh but uh, there's a shot of her in the pool, and then she's her legs are in the pool, but her body's out of the pool. Yeah, and so you can see the stonework around the edge of the pool, right? Oh, it's uh, and it looks warped. And the the stonework looks like yeah, it's just it, it's looks like a Hot Wheels track, like it's got a big dip, and then yeah. and then everything else. But you haven't seen one of those in a real long time. Like so I think the last time since Maury tried to make his legs look bigger. Yeah, and then everything around him. Yeah, the photo everything, everything, everything warps. Yeah, come and look at this picture, Maury. Tell me what app this is that does this. Because it's not Photoshop. What app does that? Too close, too close. Oh, no, you're right, but my, my glasses are in the other room. Oh, go get your glasses then. The man just asked you to come and look at something. How do you I not? I know. <laughs> just hurry up. Go get your glasses, man. Oh my God. What a mess you are. So confused. Jesus.
have no idea. Okay, we can't hear you. <laughs> also. What app does this? What app does that warping thing? What is that? There is an app called Shrink Me. Shrink Me? Yeah. But what does that? Is that... Um, oh my god, it's so obvious. Yeah. What do you use? That is one of them. That is one of them? Okay. I was going to tell you this quick story. So when we did a meet and greet with Mariah Carey, yeah. it took several weeks oh, for us right. to this get this best. photo this from Mariah the Carey. <laughs> they photoshopped in the meet and greet. There's Matthew, Mariah in the middle, and they photoshopped her to look thinner. Yes. But Roz pointed this out to me that it is blatantly obvious that like her arm was dislocated. Yeah. So when you get a picture done with Mariah, when you get uh -huh. to meet Mariah backstage, you don't get to bring your own camera or your phone to take the picture. You stand there with Mariah, then they take the picture, then you give them your email address, then they send the picture off to their retoucher, and then they email you the picture. But the problem is that they retouch the hell out of Mariah but they do nothing to you. So you wind yeah, up... Why would they? They don't care about you. Know, so you wind up, even in a... You wind up looking like a troll next to Mariah. Like, even when you're done up, like, you're getting ready to go to the Mariah show, you get your makeup done, your hair yeah. done. You look like an absolute troll. She looks like the cover of Vogue, right? Yeah, and your ugly and ass you, standing there. And you look like you work underground for a living. <laughs> and it's live there. Awesome. It's awesome. It's so uh, great. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. So, uh... Gigi Hadid and Zayn are having a kid, huh? Hey, congratulations, congratulations. To me, that does not bode well for the 1D reunion. Uh, but we all kind of came to the conclusion, assumption, that Zayn wasn't going to be a part of the reunion anyway. Did we, though? We said it last week. There ain't no way he's going to be a part of that know. reunion. He doesn't know. like any of those guys. Are you kidding I me? Don't, yeah, I don't How know. How many of them does he follow yeah. on social? Well, he doesn't follow anybody. Exactly. They all started to follow him, though. Which right. means maybe they had all been talking. But they did that in a way to, like, call him out. And be like, bro, we're following you. Let's be friends again. Wow, you are, like, putting a lot of words in people's mouths. Man, a lot I'm of just saying. In their heads. I'm just saying. <laughs> when you read. <laughs> when you read what? Between the what? When you read between the what's. The assumptions. <laughs> that like Man, when, that, is, that is the... That, may, that philosophy may have the weakest foundation of any sort of statement uh, that I've ever heard. When you read between the assumptions... Yeah. <laughs> in there lays the truth. Okay. No, because I know that he's very much a recluse, right? And if there was any sort of involvement with Zane in the... 1D reunion. He doesn't want that kind of attention. He no, doesn't want. He doesn't want one single person to ask him a question about. Not that Zane would do a ton of press or anything like that. Um, he doesn't seem like the kind that, of guy that. Not that they even would. Like I don't. And, and who even knows what this reunion would look like anyway? It could just be I, I, after. 20 years of waiting for friends to do something and then they decide to do a reunion and what it's going to be is just them sitting on a stage talking about friends. That's not a the reunion. That's, that's not the reunion people want. No. So the, the, the term now reunion is kind of, to me, soiled a little where this 1D thing, when you tell fans that they're, they're going to try and celebrate the 10-year anniversary, you want either a new song or a performance. Yeah. You can't do a tour right now. But no. you want something like that. I don't Absolutely. want them to all to, to just book out Radio City Music Hall and get five chairs and sit on stage and talk about what it was like to get together. I don't no. want that. 
But you wouldn't mind if they got on stage and started singing like all the track, like kind of like a best of. Oh, yeah, of course. The only right? people who do that right are new kids on the block. Like they have no problem getting yeah. together every few years. Yeah, but they all get along though, it. right? Yeah. They still well, like. Nobody says these guys it. don't get along. No, but the difference is this. I'm not saying 1D wouldn't get back together in 20 years. Yeah. Just not yet. Right. Not yet. Yeah. It, you know what? You're right. It's too soon. Yeah. Yeah, they're still they're still doing it. They all just released a record last year, like all of them. Yeah, um, but no. So I don't I don't know what this means. But uh, but they're having a kid. How old is Gigi Hadid? She's young, right? Twenty five, something like that. She yeah. just turned twenty five. So, just um, turned twenty five. It's their first kid, so it's their one B. How old is uh? How old Zane? He's a hard one to tell. When, when when young guys start getting tattoos, it messes me up, man. Twenty-seven. What's that? Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Yeah. Damn. Whoa, he looks younger than that. You think so? Yeah. Um, but how cute is that kid going to be? Oh my god! I'm right. so the reaction of on social was insane. Insane. How the f are Gigi and Zane's unborn child already more attractive than I am? <laughs> Reads one comment. <laughs> Truth. The way Zane and Gigi are going to produce the way uh, the most beautiful child in the world, and I have the audacity of existing. <laughs> uh, Zane and Gigi's baby not even born yet, and it looks better than me after a full makeup and ten hours of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Modeling agencies are already making deals with Gigi and Zane for their unborn kid. I know it's like when two athletes have a kid. You know what I mean? Like they start getting scholarship offers when they're nine. Yeah, like, right? like, like Dave. David Beckham's kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. They're yeah. models. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. So Zane and Gigi, do we know? Um, <laughs> no. They we had don't know any other information well, other than they announced at the, the... People at her 25th birthday yeah. um, were also wondering if it was a gender reveal party, like people, oh. like, uh, people on the outside, because some fans spotted pink and blue balloon strings. Um but no word on which oh, or was one that like it was that like a, a hint like this? no because this was before it came out that uh, they were that they were having. I'm telling it you too. guys, just reading between the assumptions. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Hello, hey Jan. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday! It's Roz and Mocha in Toronto. Oh, good morning. <laughs> We got a note from your friend Sean that says it's your birthday. Oh, by the way, Roz, Jan yeah. lives and listens to the Roz and Mocha show in Hawaii. Really? <clears throat> oh, you don't sound happy we called. Well, it's early. Oh, oh what, time, what, time? what time? No, what time is it in Hawaii right morning, now? Everybody. It's about one in the morning in Maui. Okay. Oh, damn. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> Dang. Okay. Dang Sorry. Don't be mad. Oh, this is okay. How how long have you been in bed for? Uh, let's see. About uh, well, I went to bed early tonight. Oh, okay. <laughs> because Sean like literally just sent us a, a, a text, so we wanted to make sure we called you to uh, to have a quick chat. So, um, do you have a minute? <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Okay. okay. How, how did you discover the Razamoga show living in Hawaii? My dear friend Sean, who is a, a, a fan of yours in Toronto told me about you and I started listening on a podcast and I've been addicted ever since you guys are hilarious anyhow my dear friend Sean is we share the same birthday and I thought I'm gonna call after I learned that you wished him a happy you could wish people a happy birthday yes. I thought oh, I'm gonna call and find out you know if you could wish him a happy birthday and um, so I texted a message to 
Oh God, what's his name? Maury. Damn it! Damn it! Damn oh, yeah, it! Damn, damn it! Maury. Maury. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know Sean because he's the, the decomposed hot dog guy. Oh, oh yeah, I got gotcha. you. Okay, okay. Yeah, so yeah, it's his yeah. birthday today as well. Also, love. it's not decomposed; it's deconstructed love. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's all a god. I got a dog. Yeah, we talked to Sean last week. So that is my friend Sean. We have the same birthday. And um, we've celebrated together for many years. And I thought, well, this would be a perfect birthday gift for him because he adores you. Hey, um, hold on. Jan, one second. I think Maury just got Sean. Yo, Sean, are you there? No. Oh, hey, how's it going? Yo, happy birthday, Sean. Jan is on the phone. She doesn't believe that you texted us to tell, to ask us to call her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy, <laughs> happy birthday, Jan. Well, hello. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm good, thanks. <laughs> well, Sean and Jan, uh, happy birthday to both of you. Oh, thank, thank you. you so much. What a great, oh, Sean, isn't wonderful? Yeah. Quick, yeah. quick request. Yes. Can my son say um, hi to both you guys? Let's oh get, God, let's get somebody else on the phone, of course. <laughs> Why not? Okay. <laughs> Don't say what's up? Hey, what's up? What's your name? Tobias. Tobias? What's up, dude? It's Razamoka. How are you? Mm-hmm. Hi, Tobias. Hello, Jan. Hi, Jan. Oh, wow, there's another kid there, too. (laughs) Oh, that's my love. That's my love. All right. This this may be the first six-person phone call we've ever had on this show. (laughs) It's like the old days with the party lines that you could call in. (laughs) Sean and Jan, happy birthday. Everybody that's on the line, have a wonderful day. It just sounds like chaos right now. I love you all the time. Wait, wait, wait. Before we go, okay? Everybody at the exact same time, scream out your answer between Ross and Mocha. Who's your favorite? Ross. Mocha. I think I got it. (laughs) There was one for Mocha. Ah, so we're tied. Yeah, we're tied. There we go. All right. All right, everybody. Have a good day. Thank you. Okay, bye. This is the Ross and Mocha Show podcast. People are buying up Crocs. Crocs? Yeah. During quarantine, overall shoe sales, they say, are down 24%. However, Crocs were the only top brand to to show growth in the month of March. Uh, There was a 14% jump in Croc e-sales and a 27% jump in wholesale sales. Really? Everybody wants Crocs. Nobody's leaving the house, right? Comfortable. Maybe you do a little bit of work in the yard, whatever it is, but everybody's buying up Crocs during quarantine. Huh. I've never worn Crocs Neither in my entire life. And I kind of feel bad about it. I kind of want some. Do you? I just, yeah, I wear flip flops or bare feet all summer, right? Yeah. All summer. It's what I do. It's just like, that's it. But I kind of, I may, really? I may so cross Croc the line. Are- yeah, I may cross the line and get some Crocs. Yeah. Yeah, why not? <gasps> Catherine already finds well, me moderately I, uh, attractive. Been dr- just trying to save money and everything? I went on, and I spent like 20 minutes yeah. doing this, 25 minutes, on the Nike website, and yeah. I customized these Air Force Ones. Oh. And I bought them everything, right? Shipping, everything. Yeah. And then immediately felt guilty, and I hit cancel order. No! I got why? The, I got the confirmation email, and then yeah. I was like, and then there was a little button that said, if you want to cancel this order within yeah. the next like 24 hours or whatever. Why would you cancel, though? I just felt guilty for spending the money. Why would you feel guilty for spending the money? I don't know. I just feel like I shouldn't be buying sneakers. I, I have too many sneakers. You at do home. have too many sneakers, Already. but that's not the conversation. We're having a different conversation. Yeah, but as I far shouldn't as why you be, would feel guilty. I just I don't know. I just felt guilty. I'm like, 
really, huh? In a pandemic, do I really need to be well, customizing sneakers right no, now? No, but in a pandemic, you need to do something that, that you find enjoyment in every now and then. I'm not saying go and do customize your Jordans every day, but if you got to do it once during lockdown, I think it's a pass. I think you're okay. I think you're fine. Were they dope? So good. Yeah. Yeah. 25 minutes I spent customizing the whole thing. Man. Then I cancel. What? <laughs> <laughs> hey. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. So SNL was back this weekend and Brad Pitt showed up in the most Brad Pitt way. So Dr. Anthony Fauci was doing an interview last week with CNN. And they had said, they had asked him who he would like given the circumstances and if it was a perfect world who he would like to play him on SNL. Well, if they did, who, which actor would you want to play you? Um, here are some suggestions that I've heard. Ben Stiller, Brad Pitt. Which one? Oh, Brad Pitt, of course. <laughs> okay, of course. so who doesn't yeah. want Brad Pitt to play him? Everybody would say Brad Pitt. I would say Brad Pitt. Tiger King has said Brad Pitt. <laughs> you know what I mean? If there was a Rosamoka movie, I would say Brad Pitt should play me. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> if you can get Brad Pitt, you hire Brad Pitt, yeah, right? Absolutely. That's the whole thing. So Brad Pitt, yes, on a Saturday night, did play Dr. Anthony Fauci. Good evening. I'm Dr. Anthony Fauci. First, <laughs> I'd like to thank all the older women in America who have sent me supportive, inspiring, and sometimes graphic emails. <laughs> now, there's been a lot of misinformation out there about the virus. And yes, the president has taken some liberties with our guidelines. So tonight, I would like to explain what the president was trying to say. And remember, let's all keep an open mind. We had some. We had a great meeting today with a lot of the great companies, and uh, they're going to have vaccines, I think, relatively soon. Relatively soon is an interesting phrase. Relative to the entire history of Earth, sure, uh, the vaccine's going to come real fast. But if you were to tell a friend, I'll be over relatively soon, and then showed up a year and a half later, well, your friend may be relatively pissed off. <laughs> right. Oh, God, I love Brad Pitt. Uh, also, uh, Miley Cyrus performed. Did she really? Yeah, yeah. Well, from her, from her house, she did a cover of Pink Floyd. You know what? Miley Cyrus has one of the best natural voices in pop music, and I think that they ruined it with production over the years. I, I like when her I, voice gets a little yelly raspy. Yeah, I think they overproduced her like uh -huh. everybody else in that entire genre, and you've never heard... It's only every now and then that you actually hear what Miley really sounds like. Yeah, that and was what, good. And what Miley really sounds like is much better than what winds up on a Miley record. Mm -hmm. Miley is, Live, you mean? Yeah, like yeah. this Miley with nothing yeah. is better than anything that a hot producer has ever laid down for.
Yeah, dude, she's good, man. So good. Yeah, I like that, Miley Cyrus. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Artist Can is the collective. Lean on Me is the name of the song um, supporting the Canadian Red Cross and COVID 19 relief. Yeah, it's a classic track. I've never not liked a cover of Lean on Me. So good. Yeah, it's amazing. It's just one of those signs. And for right now, especially right now, it's the the perfect track. And when you go through the artists that Tyler Shaw and Fifi Dobson got to be a part of this. Yeah, I mean, you got Michael Bublé, Brian Adams, Sarah McLaughlin, Avril Lavigne, Walk Off the Earth. The tenors are even in this song. Uh, Serena Ryder's in this song. Scott Hellman is in the song. Justin Bieber. And uh, of course, we mentioned Tyler Shaw, who joins us right now. What's up, dude? Hey, how are you guys? Doing good, buddy. How are you? Pretty good. You got to be happy about the success of this, huh? I am overwhelmed with joy, honestly. It's, uh, the response has been just so positive. So you and Fifi Dobson, Tyler, started this thing, and then all of a sudden you got Brian Adams, Michael Bublé, Sarah McLaughlin, Avril Lavigne, Justin Bieber. Uh, who was the first call that you made? Um, it was actually to Fifi. It um, was. You know, <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, it was. So <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I was reading the lyrics, to lean on me and the message of it I just felt was so relatable to what uh, Canada and the world is going through right now um, and you know I wanted it to to be as big as it can be to, to get the message out to as many people as possible so I wanted it to be a, a very true Canadian collaboration um, and Fifi was the first person that I called and from there we just reached out to basically everyone we knew and, and every connection we had to, to make it massive and the final product that you heard is uh, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> so out of everyone that we saw in the music video and we hear in the song, who was, so you made the phone call to Fifi Dobson. Who was the first person that you each reached out to that replied and was like, hell yeah, I'm down. Um, I believe the, the first, one of the first was Sean Hook, uh, Josh Ramsey, Serena Ryder. Um, and then we got the Brian Adams and Avril Lavigne and Justin Bieber. Um, you know, when phone calls were on, everyone else was like, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Answer me this. Who decided on who was going to get to sing what line? That, that was very tough. Um, John Levine, the producer, um, collected uh, most of the vocals and pieced them in together. I think he did a really good job on, you know, putting, slicing people in where they needed to be. Um, you know, where they sounded the best, um, but not everyone sang the whole entire song. So we had to try to fit in people, you know, Justin Bieber, for example, he sang the first line and his ad libs, and then <laughs> everyone else was singing different parts. So it was a little bit tough, but hold uh, on, Bieber only, he, Bieber only gave you the first line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got nothing but time on his hands, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I guess you know what? It's it's I would I would probably do the same now that I think about it because when you're Bieber, you're probably like, I'm gonna do this, but I need to be the first voice that you hear. Well, how do I guarantee that I'm the first voice that I hear? Well, Sing I'm only gonna give line. you the first line. <laughs> and then and then it's up to you as to whether to include me or not. So it's first line yeah, or nothing. <laughs> so Tyler, uh, when people uh, stream the song, when they when they download the song. Um, what happens next? Um, so all 100% of the proceeds um, will be going to the Canadian Red Cross to fight COVID-19. Um, that, that includes, like you just said, a stream uh, on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever your streaming services. Um, when you watch the video on YouTube, um, and of course, any, any monetary donations will go straight 
straight to uh, the Red Cross. There you go. And all you got to do is text lean on me to two zero triple two. Tyler Shaw, thank you so much for joining us on the Razamoga show. The new song is called lean on me. And uh, oh man, there are just a ton of artists on this and we're going to get into it right now, bro. Awesome. Thank you. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Shout out to Post Malone. Um, that concert he did Friday night on YouTube raised like a ton, ton of money. Oh, the Nirvana cover yeah, concert? Yeah, man. Yeah. And then his song Circles, it was just announced that it broke the record for the most weeks spent mm-hmm. in the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100 songs chart. Uh, it sits right now at number six. So 34 weeks at wow. in the top 10 on Billboard. And he actually broke his own record because he had spent 33 weeks with Sunflower. That song was so good. And, you know, it's so funny. Over the weekend, I watched uh, Into the Spider-Verse again. Yeah. Where that song's from. Yeah. That is definitively my favorite Spider-Man movie out of all that were released. Yeah. Even, even like, as much as I love and fully support the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. The Into the Spider-Verse, the animated one, is my mm. favorite Spider-Man movie of every single one that they've ever released. Mm-hmm. You look like you dis- disagree. No, I don't. I really enjoyed it. I just sort of put it in a different category. I think that it has to live on its own. Maybe it doesn't. Because I find it weird that, like, Tom Holland is my favorite Spider-Man. He is. But I find it weird that if I say Spider-Verse, my favorite Spider-Man isn't in my favorite Spider-Man movie. Oh, Tom Holland. Yeah. So I find that weird. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, the the, the first Tom Holland movie is my favorite Spider-Man movie. Mm -hmm. Hands down. Yeah, I love that one. But... I did because it's love, still part of the cinematic universe. I did love Into the Spider-Verse, but God, that's tough. Don't make me choose. I can't have this conversation. It's too painful. But I never asked you to choose. <laughs> <laughs> You're putting that on yourself. I just made okay. a statement right. that Into the Spider-Verse I, I is my too, favorite okay. Spider-Man I took it too movie. far. I took it too far. All right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I took it too far. Uh, but congratulations, Post Malone. 34 yeah, weeks in the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100 songs chart. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Do you see this? the details on this comedy show that's going down? No, what is it? So on May 9th, it's Adam Sandler, Eddie Murphy, Tiffany Haddish, Kevin Hart, Chris Rock, <gasps> what? Uh, and a host of other comedians will perform. And, and, and when I first read this, I didn't think it was real for yeah. two reasons. For two reasons. So the special is called Feeding America Comedy Special. So okay. it's, it's for charity. And this is the return of Eddie Murphy to do doing stand-up. We know he's got a Netflix special coming out. Yeah. But this is going to precede the Netflix special. So this is the first time we're going to see Eddie Murphy do stand-up in a very, very, very long time. Eddie Murphy wasn't on that list of comedians for that Netflix. Remember no. the, the festival that was going to happen in LA? Uh, I don't he know. wasn't, right? I don't, I, don't, I don't think he was. Um, so Adam Sandler, Tiffany Haddish, Haddish, Kevin Hart, Eddie Murphy, and Chris Rock are yeah. going to be headlining Feeding America Comedy Special. So why do you think this is real? One, because the comedians are going to be for- performing comedy sets from their homes. Oh, okay. So no audience. 
so you don't know if your joke killed or not because you get zero reaction. And I didn't think Eddie Murphy would want his return to stand-up to be on that platform to where he's doing jokes to nobody and can't play off a crowd, can't sort of wind people mm. up. You don't get that roar of laughs, yeah. right? Okay, so that, there was that. And then you look to see where it's airing. So it's going to air on comedy TV. Yeah. And the Weather Channel Network. What? <laughs> yeah. No. Yes. So it's going to be streamed. You could, they're going to stream yeah, it. But why the Weather but Network? I don't know. I don't know That's why. It's so random. Because I think it's the company that owns the Weather Channel Network is the, one of the companies that are like behind putting this together or something. I don't know. Or maybe they just, it's the only available station and they made a deal that's saying we need an actual television broadcaster to do but this. you're telling me like a big time broadcaster in the US, like ABC, NBC, I don't CBS, know. like none of them, Fox, none of them would say, I don't, I we'll don't pay the money know. for this. Because those are, those are big names. It's the biggest, this is the biggest list in comedy yeah. that you could possibly put together. That you and, can watch on the And the show is going to be on the on Weather, weather Channel. Right? Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, I wouldn't believe it either. So I didn't believe it, but it's everywhere. Wow. It's everywhere. But uh, yeah, so Adam Sandler. It's not part of like the bigger joke. <laughs> Bro, I don't right? know. I don't know, but it, listen, it's. it's froze over? Yeah, it's Monday, uh, Monday, May 9th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Adam Sandler, Eddie Murphy, Tiffany Haddish, Kevin Hart, and Chris Rock mm. are going to be performing stand up sets from their homes for the Feeding America comedy special. And that's what this says. And it's going to be, uh, it will air on uh, Comedy TV, the Weather Channel, and the free streaming app Local Now. So those are the three places you're going to be able to see it. Three places I've never heard of before. Three platforms I've never heard of before will be hosting the biggest comedy show that has been televised in probably the last two decades. Wow. Yeah. That is so (laughs) random. Here we go. The Roz and Mocha Show podcast. What's up, you Yahoo? A <laughs> hundred of them showed up at uh, Queens Park over the weekend. Is that how many it was? A hundred? Well, there's one report that I read that said about 100, and then another one that I read that said 40 or 50. Oh, okay. Yeah, who's showed up at Queens Park to protest the lockdown. Some of the signs said, uh, read, um, get things back on track. Mm-hmm. Another one that I saw said, I want a haircut. And some signs claiming that the uh, coronavirus is a hoax. Right. Uh, we yeah, got them everywhere, though. Huh? You know what I mean? Oh, is this? Doug Ford was not happy about this, huh? Oh, no. <laughs> he was not at all. You know, when I looked out the window and, and we we see these people that are uh, absolutely irresponsible. They're, they're, it's reckless to do what they're doing. And personally, I think it's selfish. We we have healthcare workers down the street at these hospitals working around the clock to protect the community. 99.9% of the people in this province are working together side by side. That's the reason we were able to see a flattening of the curve. But then... We, we have, you know, a bunch of yahoos out in the front of Queen's Park sitting there protesting that the place isn't open as they're breaking the law and putting everyone in jeopardy, putting themselves in jeopardy, putting the, the workers in jeopardy, and God forbid one of them end up in the hospital down the street. 
you know, we're better than this. Yeah, man. So here's the thing, though. So yeah. the police did not issue any tickets. No. Like, they were all social distancing, but they think it's a hoax. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can't social distance and then fight the fact that you want the city open, but then say that the coronavirus is a hoax and still keep a fair distance apart from one another. Right. Right. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yes. if you don't believe in the coronavirus or you believe that the city is safe enough to open up so you can get your goddamn haircut, right. then don't stand I don't know two how, feet away from I people, know. from the other protesters. I don't right? I, th- I think you, a lot of this is a, just boredom. I don't think you, there's a you lot keep of separate, talk. You keep separated so you don't get a ticket and you can't get a ticket for protesting because you're allowed to protest. No, yeah. I know that, but what I'm saying is that if you don't believe in the coronavirus, <laughs> right? But the, but you may not believe in the coronavirus, but the ticket's real. But the ticket is real. Right, so, sure, but yeah. guess what? You're out there protesting. So... If you're out there and you want to thug it out, then thug it out. No, but listen, I'll thug it out, but stay six feet away from me because I don't want to pay that ticket. <laughs> no, it's one or the other. Hell no. It's one or the other. No way. You can't play by some of the yep. some of the rules you. because it's in your favor, but then fight against the system no. because you think it's not against your... Obviously, you know nothing about being a Yahoo mocha. <laughs> <laughs> All you jerks out there at Queens Park. You know how stupid you guys look on, Honestly, on the weekend? There's so you guys many- look so dumb. There's so many people who it's killing them right now to to say that to admit that Doug Ford's doing a really good job. I find it hysterical. Are I've heard so many com- so many I conversations know. of like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who's the uh, Yahoo now? You jerks. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Do you see? Um, was it last night that Alessia Cara was on the Tonight Show? Oh, I missed it. I guess she did like a one man band um, show from. Because she's self-isolating at, like, the house she grew up in, right? Like she's, Oh, in Brampton? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so she's in, like, her childhood bedroom. No, maybe she can, like, yell out the window at everyone in Brampton breaking all the rules right? going out there. Man, I hear you. I hear you. She did, uh, she performed October. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. So. I'm gonna miss it when it's Singing on Fallon? Yeah, she, yeah from home. Sounds like the album. She's so good. This is amazing, dude. Right? Once things are back to, mm-hmm. we get to a new normal. Mm-hmm. How something like this, Alessia Cara sounding dynamite from home, yeah. performing on Fallon, how it's going to change some of those talk shows for getting people to perform when they're not in that city that the show is being filmed in. Uh, the talk shows are going to become an even more important platform for artists because unfortunately for music fans 
concerts are going to be one of the very last things that they allow. Yeah. When everything sort of starts coming back. Concerts are going to be like when the world starts opening back up, it still may be a year before they start allowing concerts. Oh, yeah. Like live shows, going to see bands, tours, all this stuff will be the last thing that they open. Guaranteed. So something but like that's like I wonder if that's in the same that's gotta be in the same realm of uh of like sporting events, right? Well no sp- see, but see the difference is this is that you can still play a basketball game with no fans. Sorry, so, that's what I mean. But like going physically going to an arena. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like but Alessia Cara can't like she can keep playing shows from her room. She can go and yeah. stand on an empty stage all she wants. You know, but and it's still come it, up with new music and stuff like that. Exactly. But you know, there's no where's the revenue in that, right? Yeah. You know, at that point you're just relying on record sales. That sounds and, incredible though. Yeah, yeah. I, I I love this. I love the idea that, you know, you can sort of do a show from anywhere. And maybe that's what you do. Maybe you start charging an audience for this. Maybe you start you put a giant production together and you start selling tickets. You yeah. Know, I don't know. I don't know what the model's gonna be like, but doing a live show is going to be a very long time from now. This is the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Oh, look at that time. Look where we are in the podcast right now. Are you not talking to me? Huh? You're not talking to me today? No, I am. I get no reaction from you? You don't want to do the news? We've what if you been, said no? We've been talking to each other the entire I podcast. Know, I know. <laughs> now I don't even want to ask. What? Hey, Mocha, are you ready? No. Oh. Now? What would you do? I don't know. If I just kept saying no. I like never thought about news, that. Right? I don't know. I never thought about that. I've been, I mean, I've been asking that question <laughs> frivolously for 11 years. Never once thought about the consequences of if you said no. I just kept saying no. Yeah. It probably hurt my feelings. Okay. You well, know? I would never say no. Okay. Are Ask you, me again. Hey, Mocha, are you ready? Yes. Oh, there we go. Let's do the news. A Roz and Mocha show and kiss 92.5 news break. Uh, LCBO reporting that sales have gone up during COVID-19. Yeah. Uh, saying the LCBO saw an increase of sales across most channels in the last uh, last month, up from March this time last year. The average sales per transaction was also up considerably, saying we also saw a significant increase in e-commerce on-demand delivery sales through Fedora and higher than average grocery store orders and shipments, saying we experienced increased sales across all categories, led by wine and spirits. Customers are also opting to purchase larger format products, yeah. such as multi-packs, boxed wine, and bottles over 750 mil. Yep. So everybody's stocking up. Uh, Tom Brady, who's now officially a Florida man, uh, he got busted working out in a park the other day. And then this story just happened where he, I guess with all his bags, was supposed to go to some guy's house in Tampa and to have a meeting. And he just straight up walked into the wrong house. <gasps> So this is the homeowner. And he just goes, am I in, am I in the wrong house? And, and I said, uh, I think so. But like, who are you looking for? And he said, is this Byron's house? <laughs> my body could not, it couldn't even speak. By the time I could get my composure, he was like, oh, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. Grabs his bags and just is gone. I don't think I've ever seen someone like leave a house faster. <laughs> Uh, uh, The all-in challenge rolls on. This is where uh, celebrities and uh, massive influencers are putting up for auction some like once-in-a-lifetime experiences and you can go and bid on them and or make a donation and then uh, the winner will get to 
like Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio are, are having you come and hang out with them while they shoot the Scorsese movie and do a walk-on part. Like, it's crazy what's being offered up. The Undertaker from wrestling, you get to go for lunch with him and get one of his leather jackets oh, so good. that he wore on a pay-per-view. So some really great prizes. Uh, this is what Halle Berry and Dana White from the UFC came up with. The winner's going to get two round-trip business airline tickets to Las Vegas, three-night stay at a hotel, a private tour and training session at the UFC Performance Institute with UFC Hall of Famer Forrest Griffin and UFC champion Valentina Shevchenko. How amazing is that? You will actually sit with me during a matchmaking meeting and help create a fight. Then you'll go stand on stage with me during the weigh-ins. And then... I'm going to take you to dinner, and I'm going to wine and dine you, and we're going to talk all night and have cocktails and have an amazing meal. Then I'm going to give you two VIP seats in my personal section. You will sit with Halle Berry and watch the fights. We're going to throw in signed merchandise, your own personalized UFC kit, and a full replica UFC belt collection. Like, it's going to be so amazing. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, Dana that's White. a good one. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So you tell me I get to have dinner and hang out with <laughs> Halle Berry? And go to a UFC with Halle Berry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. But like, yeah, dinner and yeah, hang out with yeah. I'm telling you, this is a good one. Drake should really uh, add to his because I know he said you could go on the Drake's flight and then you go party with him. But I think he should scrap all that and just put up for grabs one night alone or with the the partner of your choice in his three hundred and ninety five thousand dollar mattress. What? Did you see this story? No. Drake has the mattress in his bed. Yeah. Is three hundred ninety five thousand dollars. It's definitely not a Casper, right? Right. No, he paid three hundred and ninety-five thousand dollars for a custom-made mattress. So you saw a little bit of it in the um, Architectural Digest article, which is the article that just keeps on giving, by the way. Uh, Drake said that the bed lets you float. What makes a mattress so special is that it boils down to the kind of materials used and how much of the material is used. Uh, in this case, it's a Hastings mattress, and each is made of natural materials, including horsehair, wool, cotton, and flax. They're also engineered to feature higher springs and more coils that provide extra support. Hastings products are designed to last between 50 and 100 years and a team of employees will come to your house and flip and massage your mattress three to five times a year free of charge. Get out of here! That sounds so stupid! (laughs) The mattress weighs nearly half a ton and takes approximately 600 hours to create. (laughs) Get out of here. Also, also, the mattress is black with gold accents. Oh, totally worth it, then. <laughs> totally worth it. Uh, last night, the Stronger Together benefit uh, was on up here in Canada uh, as part of the $150 million fundraising campaign uh, for Food Banks Canada. A lot, everybody was on it last night. Um, where do you want to start? Justin and Haley Bieber? Yeah. Hey, guys, it's Haley and Justin. Um, just wanted to let you guys know we are also here in Canada. Canada with you guys and we are enduring all of this um, as a country together Um, and I just wanted to say that we are sending our love and prayers out to each one of you guys and um, we are going to get through this together so love you guys love you guys stay safe Uh, Alessia Cara performed from her house Voice, bro. I love it. This is a great version of this song, too. Your old pal says, yeah, you got a friend in me. 
In that situation, despite everything going on, uh, it's just incredible to see people who have to, um, you know, leave their families every day um, and, you know, go to work amidst this crisis. He probably slipped on all that marble. Probably playing basketball in his private court. Please. Slipping down down them stairs? Too much natural stone in that house. (laughs) You can't even take a bath, I bet. Oh, wait, no, absolutely not. (laughs) Bathtubs for sure. You got hose off in the garage. You can't take a bath because you, you you would never be dry enough to walk on that much marble. Even if you sweat a little bit on the feet, you can't leave the bed. But at least you got that $400,000 mattress. <laughs> you can relax on, right? That's true. I would never leave the bed if I had a $400,000 mattress made out of leather and gold. No joke if you missed that story. Um, and uh, Ryan Reynolds also uh, as part of uh, the Stronger Together benefit last night. It's Sunday night and today marks the 10-year anniversary of the quarantine we've been on for the last six weeks. (laughs) (laughs) So good. I'm super happy to be a part of this event. Um, You know, in a lot of ways, Canada raised me. You know, working in the field that I work in, being Canadian was always my greatest asset because it taught me how to laugh at myself. Um, More importantly, Canada taught me empathy. And I think that empathy is a bridge to not only understanding others, but our own interior worlds. But I'll tell you, if there's one thing that I know that Canada is really great at, it's taking care of each other. Right. Uh, Kanye West is officially a billionaire. It's a lot of Yeezys being sold. A lot of Yeezys. A lot of ugly shoes being sold, right? Yeah. Do you have Yeezys? No, there's only one pair that I would buy, but yeah. even still, it's a little pricey for me. Really, yeah. What yeah. do they What do they charge for a pair of Yeezys? Like three fifty. Three fifty. Yeah. God, it's a lot of money, man, for running shoes. Jeez. Yeah. Do you have any of his clothes? Are you not into that stuff? Uh, it's, a little, it's a little too earthy, commune kind of yeah, for you. I don't. It's not I your thing. No, no? not no. at all. No. Why not? And though? also too too expensive. Is it really? Yeah. And very just plain looking. Yeah. I know. It's like the Yeezy line is very basic looking. And what was Bieber's line? Drew? Yeah. Where it made you look like you were one of the inmates on Orange is the New Black. Yeah. Like everything was that sort of off beige jumpsuity kind of thing. With, with the smiley like, face, the yellow smiley with face. With the yellow smiley face on it, right? Mm-hmm. Like nobody wants to do anything cool. Everybody just wants to make you look like you're make, part of their cult. Yeah. Make right? it low key, but yeah. yeah. At a very high cost. Yeah, but well, look at Kanye West, one point three billion dollars according insane, to Forbes, man. the second hip hop billionaire. That's insane. Yeah, not crazy. One point three billion dollars in that when they have Thanksgiving dinner and he and Kylie Jenner show up. Yeah, there's two billionaires at one table and probably two others who are very close. Yeah, and they're all sitting around <laughs> that table yelling. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, American Idol, we talked about this. What was it going to be like when these shows come back, but they can't do studio performances? And because so much of 
an artist's audition and sort of movement through these shows is their stage presence and how they can handle a room and how they work a stage. Mm-hmm. But everybody's continuing on with their auditions from home now. Oh, wow. And they've basically zoomed in. The Skypes have zoomed in and they watch the performances of the artists, the contestants at home. So I'll play one of them for you because the production's actually really good. Uh, this is Olivia. I don't know how to say this, this young lady's last name. It's X-I-M-I-N-E-S. Oh, Yahoo. Okay. I'm the bad guy. White shirt, now red, my bloody nose sleeping. You're on your tippy toes, creeping around like no one knows. Think you're so crazy. This is her audition? Bruises wow. on both my knees for you. Don't say thank you. Oh, please, I do what I She got a good voice, man. Yeah. I'm so, so cynical. See, you're a tough guy, like a really rough guy. Just can't get enough. Yeah, this is good. I like yeah. it. You like it? Yeah. Uh, and then, so they go to the judges. Katy Perry was dressed up like a giant bottle of hand sanitizer. Yeah. What I loved about this performance in particular is that I got to hear the quality of your voice even more and how much it's grown. It was like getting to know another side of you. So congratulations. Thank you so much. Olivia, I just love how you always bring the show. So fun to see you there dancing and having fun in your living room. And uh, thanks for making me have fun in mine. You're welcome. Right? You know, for 16 years old, you have everything to be a superstar. I I am telling you, I love what you're doing. Congratulations. I like that, right? Pretty good. It's not bad. So the shows, I guess, they will work. Yeah. You know, they they have to continue on this way. I don't know what it's going to be like if they have to crown a winner this way. I think that's not really the the sort of climax that everybody would be expecting. But Idol looked and sounded decent, man. Kim Kardashian and her sisters have joined the All In Challenge. This is Kim. Hi, it's Kim Kardashian West, and I've accepted the All In Challenge. Go to allinchallenge.com for your chance to win a lunch with me and my sisters while we film the new season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. The money raised here will help feed the hungry during this time of crisis. We're all in this together. So that's what you get um, with the Kardashians is lunch with the ladies. Is that a good prize or not a good prize? We're in L.A.? Yeah. I assume in L.A. Yeah. While they're filming. So I imagine it will be filmed. So they're going to... She specifically said while we're filming. Are they going to fly me out there? Yeah, probably. Where do I stay? In a hotel or are they going to stay at their crib? No, no, no. You would stay at a hotel. They don't let allow strangers. No, they're going to sit there on their phone the whole time having lunch. Yeah, that's probably right. But if they're filming, they may fight in front of you. you yeah, know but can I mean? you imagine being at lunch and everyone at the table's on their phone? I would, I would expect nothing less. You know what? I'd have lunch with them. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a chance you wouldn't? Like, I'd have lunch with them just to say I did. Yeah, I'd have lunch. Yeah? What, yeah. Would, you, yeah, what would you order? Depends on where we go. Yeah. I'd really... Oh, can I choose where we go? Yeah. I'd probably not. No, they'd pick. Because you got to get it cleared for the TV cameras and stuff like this. Sushi. Like it's gonna be, I'd want to have sushi. Oh. But can you eat whatever sushi. you want? Like, if you wanted a big burger and fries, like, are they, are they going to judge you and be like, really? I, I don't know. I don't watch the show. Do they, are they vegetarians? No, do they eat, like, they does, eat does that clean. ever come they up? They try to eat clean. Yeah. I'd still, I'd pound back some sushi with them. Yeah. yeah I'd go for lunch with them. Yeah. Of yeah. course you would. Yeah. Hang out with them. I'd hang out with Kim Kardashian. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? It'd be fun. What's the website again? 
Uh, it's it's the All In Challenge. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so the cast of Goonies reunited on Zoom for a new show called Reunited Apart, and it's uh, hosted by Josh Gad. Most of the cast was there. Josh Brolin was there. Oh, yeah? Uh, Sean, yeah, Sean uh, Aston was there. Cindy Lauper showed up because she did the theme song. Uh, screenwriter Chris Columbus was there. Director Richard Donner was there. And then later on... Um, Steven Spielberg, who produced the movie, uh, joined in, and Josh Gad asked him the question that he has been asked over the years, which is, what is going on with a sequel to The Goonies? Every couple of years, we come up with an idea, but then it doesn't hold water. I mean, when, the problem is the bar that all of you raised on this genre. I don't think we've really successfully been able to find an idea that is better than the Goonies that we all made in the 80s. So until we do, people are just going to have to look at this 100 times. That's right. not like his polite way of saying, no, we're not doing one. But they're all interested. And because for years, Josh Brolin was the sort of holdout. And it was only within the last couple of years that Josh Brolin started saying that he would be interested in doing a sequel to The Goonies. Mm. And so when you have Josh Brolin interested and Sean Astin is having this sort of renaissance right now where everybody's loving Sean Astin again from Stranger Things oh, and... R.I.P. Bob, spoiler alert. Right? You know, you almost have to put something together. You have to capitalize. You can't say no to Thanos. You no, know, you can't. No, exactly, right? You have to You have to put something together. When you have Sean Astin and Josh Brolin willing to do a Goonies sequel and they're both super hot right now, yeah. you got to take advantage of it. You have to put something together. You really do. Give it to James Gunn. Bring James Gunn in on this and, oh, say, he'd be great. and say, do us a Goonies sequel. He'd whip something up that would be fantastic. Yeah. It'd be brilliant, right? So... Anyway, or even give it to the Duffer brothers. Give it to the people who oh, do Stranger, Stranger Things. things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Duh. Right? Give it Why to not? them. They would write a hell of a Goonies movie. They're basically doing Goonies now. Yes. Right? They, would, they would write a fantastic Goonies movie. Give it to them. Yeah. But you have to capitalize on this. You, you have to have Goonies too. I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. Same. Good enough for me. There you it's go. good enough for you. Uh, reality shows are very much starting to limit their contestants' alcohol intake. If you remember, this was stemmed from The Bachelor when that... Psycho Chad? No, when it was the girl, the blonde, who got super ripped every episode and was God. like, God, what was her name? She was like... And what, she was just falling all, what all, is all it? over the place? Corinne. Corinne. Remember her? Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, so this all stemmed I from that. about Corinne. Yeah, and so on Bachelor in Paradise was the first show to do it. Yeah. And Bachelor in Paradise, they limited um, the contestants to two drinks an hour. Okay. Okay, but what they did was the contestants on Bachelor in Paradise got wise. And so what they would do is at 9.55, yep. they would order two drinks. And then at 10.05, they would order two drinks. So, so for that back hour, to back to back to back. Yes, right. Y'all so, so, are too slick. So that's what they did. However, uh, according to Jezebel on Too Hot to Handle, which was the Netflix show, yeah, uh, the amount of alcohol was really limited on that show. So we all know that they were uh, the, the hundred thousand dollar grand prize uh, was on that show, and they had to sort of abstain from making out and everything else. On that show, they had a two drink per night minimum. Oh wow, interesting. Yeah, because you know, you know what? Now that you mention it, I've never seen them drink during the day no on that show it was only ever at night yeah 
And at night... And nobody was ever drunk on that show. It wasn't for a long period of time. It no. didn't look like it, at least. Did you see anybody drunk? No, there was nobody that was drunk. On that show? Not at all. Like, Chloe would have been hammered all the time. You know that, right? Oh. Like, police. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, so that's the deal then. That, I guess that's the new normal now for those, uh, those shows. Well, except for um, Love is Blind. That one girl got messy all the time. Which one? The blonde. Oh, um, Gia? No, the other blonde, Jessica. Jessica. Oh, yeah. Like, like, oh, poor Mark. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> like Jessica, one of the, she's one of those people that as soon as they get a little bit drunk, their hair changes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know you're drunk when your hair changes. Uh. <laughs> uh, the coronavirus outbreak at Sick Kids is terrifying. I know. Um, the Hospital for Sick Children has declared an outbreak of the coronavirus within the inpatient unit specializing in oncology and hematology. The hospital says a teenager tested positive for COVID-19 on Saturday. Uh, the patient's parents and one member of their clinical team also tested positive. Ugh. All other patient, patients have tested negative. Uh, staff on the unit are currently being tested and all those uh, who have may have been exposed um, with, uh, with contact. That's terrifying. They've put up fences, like barricades around the cherry blossoms in High Park. So they're already starting to bloom in Trinity Bellwoods. And in the effort to sort of uh, keep people physical distancing, they've fenced off all the area around where the cherry blossoms are. And but people are just going to go stand like shoulder to shoulder and lean against the fence and look Stick at their them. phone and, in, and, yeah. Right? Like it's... I know. Or you're just going to see a ton of photos this weekend of the beautiful cherry blossoms behind fences. So High Park will also be closed during pre-bloom and peak bloom periods. There will be a virtual walkthrough of uh, the High Park cherry blossoms. Uh, though there won't be any sort of like virtual tour of the ones in Trinity Bellwoods. Yeah. And on a weekend, like what we have coming up. Oof, bro. Like, I don't Dude. know if you're going to have to have security or something because, like, uh, Saturday is going to be, like, 18 degrees yeah. and Sunday is going to be 20. Yeah. And now it's time for Ask Roz and Mocha. Yo, Ivy, what's up? It's Roz and Mocha. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing good. Welcome to the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Thank you. I'm All right. Excited. So, uh, what's the question you got for us? Um, so, I was wondering what is the best way to deal with parents who aren't exactly supportive of a 10-year age gap relationship? So, we assume you're talking about yourself. Yes. Okay. How old are you? 25. Where'd you meet your 35-year-old boyfriend? Um, at work. Oh, okay. So it's not a 15-year-old boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> At okay. that point, we'd say, bye. Yeah. Okay. That's a little uh, creepy. Okay, so why, you're 25 years old. Why are your parents so concerned with who you hook up with? Yeah, they've always been kind of protective, I guess. I'm Asian, so Asian parents are kind of more strict. See, so many of these calls we get where it's like, hey, can you help me out dealing with parents with my boyfriend is this old or my boyfriend is this. But it's rarely an, it's rarely about the age or whatever it is, fill in the blank. It's always a cultural thing. Yeah. And it's, it's the sort of cultural roadblocks and how they view, you know, their daughter 
uh, or, you know, young women in general or decisions or how you look on the family and all this other stuff. There's so much of this stuff has very little to do with an age gap and it's all how your decisions reflect on them. Right. Right. So is it, do they care that your boyfriend is 10 years older than them or older than you? Or do they care that other family members would have a problem with you dating a 35-year-old? I think it's more of the that they care that he's 35 because they're always making comments like, oh, when you're old, he's going to be gone first and you'll have no one to take care of you. You're going to be alone. Yeah, it goes really morbid. (laughs) Listen, you guys could both be 25 and he's still going to be gone first because women live longer. Okay, yeah. like that's just the way life goes. Um, so, wait, have they met him? No, not yet. I don't want it to be where they're still kind of like negative about it. I don't want to put him in that situation. How yet. long have you guys been together? On um, the end of last year. Okay, so, so just a few months. So you love this guy? Ah, uh, yes. Does he love you? Yes. When you close your eyes and think of your future, is he in it? Yes. Does he treat you right? Yes. Okay. Well, does, that's does all he, that matters then. Does, <laughs> does, he, does, he, does he, is he independent or does he depend on you? No, he's independent. He's independent. Are you guys building something together? Um, that's the goal. Are yes. you making a plan? Yes. Well, okay. we want to get over this hurdle before we can actually. There, there is yeah. no hurdle. Okay. Okay. It's just there, you and your boyfriend in this situation. There, there is no hurdle. You right now have to build a team that's going to take you through the rest of your life. And it is not up to you to decide whether the person you love gets to be on. Uh, it's not up to your parents to decide whether the person you love gets to be on your team. It's up to your parents to decide whether they want to be on the team you're building. Right. Okay. Because at the end of the day, okay. it's their decision on how they want to proceed with the relationship that they're going to have with you and right. potentially, uh, you know, this guy that you're dating, right? Right, right. It yeah. all falls on them right now. And you need right. to have a conversation about boundaries with your parents. You need to have a conversation of you don't seek their approval, especially your father's approval. We've had so many young women on this show and you can't, you can't live your life. If you need your father's approval before you're able to date a man, you will live the rest of your life seeking out the approval of a man before you make any decision. Okay, that's no way to raise a girl. Absolutely right. not. So you need, to, you need to go with your gut and you need to just lead sort of by example and you need to build a big loving you know, household with a solid relationship and you know, maybe your parents come around, maybe they don't, but it's up to them. Right. Okay. Okay. That helps. Also, yeah. also, there's a 10-year age gap between me and Catherine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right? And, yeah. I met, and I met Catherine when she was younger than you are. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was early 30s. She was early 20s. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're older than her. Uh, yes, Maury, thank you. I'm older, <laughs> I'm older than Catherine. But, uh, but you can make it work. I, I think that Catherine's parents were maybe a little bit hesitant too. I don't know, actually. I don't know. I wasn't in a great place when I met Catherine. So yeah. I don't right. know. I don't know if I came off the best when we, when we first met. Um, but I think that over time, you you know, you just, you build that thing and then their parents now see the relationship that we have. And I think that makes them proud and I think it makes them happy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you just allow your kids to sort of make their own mistakes and they got to find their own way. And you're at that 
position right now where you should have been living this way for a while now. And because mm -hmm. of weirdo rules that you have in your family structure or whatever it is, you haven't been allowed to do that. Or if you do do it, you have to do it in secret, which is no way to live. Right. Did Catherine's parents tell you to stay away from her? No. They, did they God, pull you no. aside saying, stay away from my daughter? No, 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 not at all. Huh. Not at all. No, no, no. Because I, I think that like when Catherine was younger, like her relationship with her parents was still very different. Her relationship with her parents was still very much like what a 21-year-old has with their parents, right? Mm -hmm. Like you fight about other things. And I was just like way past that in my life. So there was a lot about their relationship that I, like, I really couldn't relate well, like to. Like she didn't clean her room? No, she didn't live with them. <laughs> <laughs> she lived on her own. Like but she didn't get her homework done. No, like they just had they <laughs> they had a dynamic that I could that I had a hard time at, at the at the beginning, just sort of remembering how those conversations went. But eventually, but listen, everybody, you grow up, and we all just sort of became this great, big, wonderful, you know, family, and now it's awesome. I uh, I love them a lot. Like when you called Catherine, I think they loved. Did me. she ever yell, "Mom, get off the phone"? No, she didn't live with them. More. <laughs> Does that help, Ivy? Yeah, thank you. Uh, awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Right. Uh, we got a great question from Robin. I know. I think we talked about this on the live radio show recently. Okay. But Robin says, "What are some ordinary everyday words that you hate? For example, I can't stand the words supper." And sofa. Why not supper? I don't know. Yeah, supper's a weird one, huh? It's it's a very generational thing to say supper. For me, it's yeah. the gross words like pus. Yeah. I hate that. Blech. That or phlegm. Right. Or boil. You know, you know what I hate? Uh, I hate when people say kilometers. As opposed to kilometers? kilometers yeah. Kilometers. Kilometers. Yeah, I say kilometers, not yeah, kilometers. Yeah, I say kilometers too. It bothers me, and I know it's right, uh -huh. right? You should say kilometers because it's oh, not Oh, should a, you really? Yeah, it, well, it's not a millometer. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess not. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I guess not. You know, you don't go, you don't go millimeter, you know, centimeter... Kilometer, millimeter, millimeter, <laughs> right? Doesn't it doesn't work that? I, and those bother me. Like when somebody calls a lieutenant a lieutenant, we do that a lot. Oh, in, I hate yeah, that. Yeah. Oh God, I hate yeah, that. Yeah, we do that a lot in Canada. Also, if I'm ever in a room where somebody says schedule, uh -huh. I want to hit them. How about you, Maury? You have any words that you hate? I can't say when somebody says whilst. Right. And I don't like... Wait, you say that a lot, though. I say it jokingly because I hate it so much that now I just say it jokingly. Right. And I don't like be that as it may because I don't, I don't know what it means. Okay. That's Fair another enough. term that you use, though, a lot. Well, be that as it may. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tixiana asks... Hey, Tix. Nintendo Switch games recommendations. Go. Uh, oh, here we go. So I don't have a Nintendo Switch. Right, I do. You do? Yes. The Nintendo Switch in our house is designed for quick bursts of entertainment with nothing left behind. So there, Roxy is not into games that have a story mode. She's not into games where you build things. She's not into games that are sort of you travel from world to world and you go on these big adventures. We like Mario Kart because you can blast through 10 quick mm. races and have a real good time. And then when you put the game away, there's nothing hanging over your head. My favorite game that we play is is um, Mario versus Sonic at the Summer Olympics. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So it's uh, 
all the characters from the Sonic world and the Mario world all sort of come together and it's just individual Olympic events. They're stupid, but they're fun. And again, you can plow through them and at the end of it, you don't have to worry about continuing on the next day. You just start fresh. So those are the games that those are the games that we like. If you need any recommendations for original Nintendo NES. I don't though. I'm your guy. But I don't. No, no, I'm not talking to you. I'm just looking at you. Right. Oh. Be that as it may. Be that as it may. Because <laughs> I was going to recommend Fat Xanadu. Best I, game I ever. Fat Xanadu? Fat Xanadu. What's that? Where you trade in, like it's a medieval game and you trade in bread for money. Oh, God. What was that game? What was the, the game when I was a kid that it was like porno? Remember what? Or it was like dirty. Remember, was it Leisure Suit Leisure, Leisure Suit Larry? Leisure Suit Larry? Leisure about. Suit Larry. You don't remember that video game? No. No? Leisure, Leisure Suit Larry? Suit well, Larry. I think that you could like... I don't know what you could do. It was like the original sort of, I don't want to say Grand Theft Auto, but it was the original kind of like, you know, X or R rated video game where there was like naked women in a mansion yeah, and stuff but like, like this. But and, 8-bit. No, no, no. It was better than 8-bit. Oh, wow. Leisure Suit Larry is an adult themed video game. Yes. Uh, published by Sierra from 1987 to 2009. There you go. Damn. Yeah, but the graphics yeah. couldn't have been that good. Like, how many squares does it take to make a no, nipple? No, man, the graphics were great because it was the it was you didn't know any different, right? You had no idea. You just played this, and it was like a horny video game. <laughs> it was crazy. The game follows Larry Laffer, a balding, double entendre speaking, leisure suit wearing man. That's like me in his forties. Yeah, that's me. The stories <laughs> generally revolve around him attempting unusually, sorry, attempting usually unsuccessfully to seduce attractive women. Yeah, you had to pick up chicks. Oh my god! Yeah, it's a crazy game. It was a crazy game. <laughs> Leisure suit, Larry. Yeah, so that was my sort of first introduction to like R-rated video games was uh, Leisure Suit Larry. Uh, JT asks, money or power? I always say money. It is, and it's only money or power, right? Yeah. Because I would, I, time is money always can buy one. you power. Um, money can buy you power. Mm, yeah, but, but at the same time, if you have power, then I would assume you have power over the over money. Yeah. Money over power. I yeah, but would, if you have power, then you can't like without like. Okay, first of all, how let's let's put some parameters down here more. What would you consider when you say money, right? Like, what would you realistically, if you said you know you had money, you would open your bank account and see what realistically, like two million dollars, two million dollars. Okay, now if you can, if you considered yourself to have power, mm -hmm. what would that look like? Oh, a manager. Excuse me. Like you'd be a manager. You would be a manager. Like, isn't that, that's power. At where? Okay. At where? where? Like a manager of what? Like, <laughs> like a golden griddle or like Brad Pitt? <laughs> like, what are you managing? <laughs> okay. No, like, a, like you own your own company. Like you're the CEO. You, you know, people leave the elevator when you get on. Okay. So you're the, the owner and you run a very successful company. You are the CEO. And you don't have to do anything because people do it all for you. Okay. So that's, that's power. Wow. Okay. So, um, see for me, I would say, always say money because power doesn't really interest me in any way. Um, but oftentimes power comes with money, whether that is but right why do you, or wrong. If you have money, you, why do you need power? Well, because some well because some people thrive on power. No, but I'm just saying, like to me, money is better because like you don't really need the power. Like who cares if you have money? Then well, you just, just said your answer was power. 
No, I said money. No, it? I no, I said money. I said money can buy power. Oh. Right. Um, yeah. Because then you could just go live on your resort or whatever, and you don't have to worry about anything. Sure, but some people aren't happy with that. Some people need influence. They need to run things. They need to be revered. They need to be idolized. They need to know that others understand how much power they have. Yeah, no, money's fine. Yeah, I'm fine with money. I, I don't need I don't need power. If power happens, that's fine, but I will always take money. Continuing on the money train, Steph asks, how many months worth of savings, and then in brackets for rent slash mortgage, would you think we should have saved as a emergency fund? Okay, the old sort of line is you should be able, you should have access to cash that will cover you three months all expenses. Mm -hmm. I say six months. Mm. I say I say six months, um, especially in the if you live in a city like we do in Toronto, where it may take and normally does a whole lot longer than three months to even find a new apartment. Yeah, that's and, true. And it's six very it's good. it's very difficult to three months in Toronto is not a long time, and if you can't sustain yourself for longer than three months and you do have to leave the city getting back into the city is very difficult so i'm gonna say as far as that emergency fund goes you should be able to live six months and live lean right i don't sure. mean i mean if you if everything goes to hell and both you and your, your partner lose their jobs right like i'm i'm saying cancel netflix you know oh, you're, you're taking the bus you're not filling up the car with gas you're not doing any of that stuff like you're living lean you're buying food and you're paying your rent, mm -hmm. right? So I'm going to say six months of that's that. That's good. I always thought three, but yeah, no, that's, uh, that's definitely good because you have to think outside of rent or mortgage, you have to think of everything else that you're spending money on a day-to-day -day or week-to-week -week yes. and factor into any type of emergency that may happen during that emergency time, yeah. if that makes sense, yeah. right? Yeah, Maury, how much uh, emergency fund do you have? Like, I've got like three months, but not all expense paid. Like, what do you, what do you mean? Why do you say huh? like you just wanted a contest, <laughs> but not all expenses paid? The same price is right, bro. Uh, what, so what then? No, like I, no, I probably have two months of, of only mortgage payments. Okay, so you but what don't- about like food and stuff? That's not on me then. What do you mean? Like, Matthew can cover that because, like, I have enough just for a roof over my head. But, okay, so why, why in troubled times, it sounds like you guys have split up. So it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a, it's, it's a roof over your head, yeah. right? Quote, unquote. And Matthew's responsible for the food. That's right. Or that he's going to eat while I he lives where. This. I will say that, well, I mean, we are under the same roof, but... Separated so, by so do you guys speak of an emergency fund that you have together then? Like if you, have you had the conversation of if everything went to hell and you lost your job and he lost his job at the same time, and that would be terrible. Uh, but if everything went to hell, how long would the two of you be able to survive before you ran out of money? Probably three months. Okay. Probably three months. Absolutely. But mainly his money. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. And how would he feel about that? I mean, what's he going to do? <laughs> I don't know. Kick you out? Yeah. Tell you to go find another roof over your head? <laughs> no, but that would then cost him more. So yeah, just let no, me true, say. True, true, true. Uh, Steph also asks specifically for Maury, 
if you could go one week without spending any money whatsoever. Which is funny because this, during all this COVID stuff, I've noticed that I'm saving so much. Like I'm not spending any money on Uber Eats. I'm mm-hmm. I'm buying just basic, the essentials, like groceries on Thursday or every other Thursday. And that's it. Like it's unbelievable how when you look back at pre-COVID, BC, um, how much you actually spent and how much now you're saving. It's it's unbelievable. Why, why, did you said, say, why didn't you say before COVID and then say BC? But you said pre-COVID BC. <laughs> Pre-COVID before COVID. You know what I mean? That's what you basically yeah, said. Yeah. Okay, go on. That being said, yeah. be that as it may, yeah. uh, when this is all done, I'm probably going to go back to the way everything You see, I worry about that though. Well, because, because I don't, I, I don't I think miss you things like... Uber Eats. I walk by, when I'm walking my dog, I walk by a Starbucks and I'm like, oh, I would do anything for a latte right now. But do you not look at your bank account right now and think that how great it is to just see that you're not completely in the red every month? Yeah, but then I went on Amazon and I bought a couple stupid things. So there's still a bit of me in me. What are the stupid things you bought on Amazon? I bought a a clay puck so I could put my dog's paw in it to keep his puppy paw forever. (laughs) Okay, what else? (laughs) Then I bought an ink pad so I can put my puppy's paw in the ink pad (laughs) and put that on paper so I can keep an ink blot of his puppy paw forever. Okay, and what else? Oh, and I bought a LED light so that I can take better pictures of him. Oh, my God. Oh, and hair gel. Oh, you did buy, you bought gel, like actual gel? I, I went on Amazon and I said, and I typed in hardest hair gel you can find. Do they still sell gel? Like actual gel? Oh, yeah, gel? dude. Really, yeah. huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this was hair clay. Okay, yeah. So not gel. Yeah, no. Right, Hair right. clay. Okay. Have you ever used a hair clay? No. No? I it, assume it's like, I want something that's like concrete. This is like, it. first of all, to dip your finger into a tub of hair clay is very difficult. It's like your knuckle bends backwards. <laughs> like, like this stuff is really thick and it's Perfect. really hard. Perfect. And when you get in there, you get in there with your finger and then you got to like scrape it right around like the edge and it gets all underneath your fingernail. And then you have to take like whatever you get out of it and put it in your hand. And then you have to like work it in. Like you're sitting there rubbing and rubbing. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like, like Can this? I please get an MP3 of this? <laughs> You're sitting there and like in order to get in order to get that clay to a point of where you can even put it in your hair, it's like you're rubbing and rubbing and rubbing and rubbing, right? Shut up, Mocha. Okay. And then you have to deal with the fact that once it's in your hair, it's very difficult to wash out. Like you will be <laughs> I'm not even listening to what you're saying anymore. Because because I can't wait. This portion of the conversation, I'm going to isolate, edit together, and put bleeps in certain parts where it's going to sound nothing like what you're actually talking about right now. Okay, so you're going to do that at the end of Ask Razamoka? Yes. Okay, cool. (laughs) I look look forward to it. I look forward to it. Anyway, so when you you have it in your hands (laughs) and you're rubbing it, Uh okay, yeah, honestly, it's almost like you have to heat it up. Like you really have to... (laughs) You really have to rub it. <laughs> because you can't just 
put it, it's too <laughs> If you just go right from the tub uh-huh. into your hair, it's too goopy. Like it's too thick. Like you have to loosen it up a little bit. What were we talking about again? <laughs> I didn't even know. Hair clay. Oh, okay. How long are you rubbing it for? And no, you'll know. You'll know when it's done. <laughs> you'll, you'll feel okay. it. Next question. You'll start to feel it between your fingers. <laughs> Next question from Mark. What's the one thing your spouse does daily that drives you nuts? We've talked quite a bit about this on the on the show, and I have no problem talking about it because Catherine knows. A uh, couple of things that Catherine does, and don't get me wrong, I'm not perfect, right? Uh-huh. Like she would have a long list of things if you asked her the same question. I guarantee you. My list might be a little bit longer. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh uh, No, she's wonderful. Um, Things that are, that drive me nuts, but that are in no way a deal breaker, right? Like I would never, it would never affect our relationship at all. Uh, One thing that Catherine does is she makes executive decisions when she's at the grocery store and I'm not with her. Gotcha. So I will say, uh, hey, I need two packs of chicken wings because I have a specific plan for two packs of chicken wings, right? Yeah. And then she will come home with one pack and go, I thought this one was a little bit bigger than the ones you normally get. And I'm like, no, but you don't understand. I asked for two for a very specific reason, right? It's like the lemons in that movie with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston, Mm -hmm. right? Whatever my baby wants, my baby gets, right? I I asked for, you know, whatever, nine lemons and he shows up with Mm -hmm. two, right? Because it was supposed to be a big lemon display. He made the executive decision that two was enough, right? Well, that's what Catherine winds up doing. She makes the executive decision on what I've asked for and then she changes it when she's at the grocery store and comes back with something that I never asked for. And then I look like I'm ungrateful, Right. right. So I have to deal with that, which I don't like dealing with. And then she uh, likes to interrupt me all the time. Oh, and mm-hmm. and she will sort of like rationalize something that I say and it and it, it'll drive me nuts. And then I will do stuff to drive her crazy as well. What about Jenna? So two things. Number one, she interrupts me yes. whenever I'm speaking. If I'm telling a story yes. and I start the story, she'll interrupt and like either finish the story, yes. right? Because she'll know or something. Yes. Or, or the worst say, is, the worst, sorry, I don't mean interrupt, but the, <laughs> the worst is uh, they will continue the story, but they're getting it wrong. And right. then I have to stop her and I say, no, that's not what happened. Let me finish. Or during my story, she'll say, if it's like about a conversation, right? Yeah. She'll say, well, Oh, and did you ask this? Or, and did they say this? And did they do this? And I'm like, babe, I'm getting to that part. Like, you got to chill. Just give me a minute. Right? Right? The other thing is we get a lot of Amazon deliveries, right? Yeah. And whenever we get the deliveries and we put the boxes in the garage, I will always take a knife and I'll cut the box and I'll flatten it. Right. right? And I'll leave it there for when it comes time to do the recycling and organize everything. She will just take a box and just toss it like full, right? She'll take the stuff out of it and just yeah. toss it in the recycling bin. I'm like, you know how much space that's taking up right now? Yes. Yes. I, I'm with you on this. Catherine will, God, I don't sound like I'm harping on her here. <laughs> uh, I have a very specific way the way that I put a recycle bag or a garbage bag into the garbage can. Okay. Very specific. It's efficient and it's helpful and it takes no time to do. And I've, said, hey, would you mind doing this? Because normally in the mornings, I'm the one that will empty the garbage or the recycling or the green bin or whatever it is. Yeah. And when she doesn't do the bag right, it's a huge pain in the ass, right? So the way that I do the bag is we have a garbage can that has like the garbage can that goes inside the garbage can, yes. right? 
So I take the recycle bag. I take out the inner can. Yes. I put the recycle bag in the can. Yes. I fold a little bit over top of the can. Correct. I grab two of the ends. Yes. And I put them together. On the outside of the can, I twist it tight. Yes. Then I take that and I place it on the side of the garbage can and I slide the whole thing back in the stainless steel outer garbage can. So that bag is nice and tight. And when you're stuffing stuff inside, the bag doesn't collapse in on itself. Correct. Because she will put it, just let it all floppy, sticking out all over the place. And then you stuff it. And then all of a sudden, I then have to go fishing inside the recycle bin to find where the bag disappeared to when I want to take the recycling out. Right. She will never wind the bag. Never. She will do anything <laughs> to not wind the bag. Uh, Damn it, Maury. Well, uh, the question again is, what's the one little thing your spouse does daily that drives you nuts? Yells at me. Oh, Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> what was the last thing Matthew yelled at you for? Oh, yells at me about putting the cutlery or the dishes in the dishwasher wrong. Yells at me when he begins to do something mm-hmm. and I don't know what it is that he's doing. And then he immediately is like, you know, I could use some help. But I'm like, but you didn't tell me what you were doing or ask for the help. Right. I can't read minds here. Oh, and the other thing he does that drives me absolutely mental is he'll be in his bathroom and he'll be talking to me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, didn't you hear a word I'm saying? And I'm like, I can't hear through walls. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That stuff's tough. Do you know what things you do that Matthew gets upset at or drives him nuts? Oh, everything. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely everything I do. I get, Last night, oh, what was it yesterday? I dropped an egg on the floor and uh-huh. he got super mad. I'm like... I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't purposely drop an egg on the floor and break an egg. You we need these eggs. eggs. Like, I'm, like, I wanted this egg. It was an accident. Yeah. And he's just like, you know what? You're going to cost us thousands of dollars and we have to replace in these eggs? floors. Oh, my God. No, and he thought you ruined the floor? Yeah. And then I tried to pick up the egg and it oozed out the side of the... And he goes, you can't even clean up an egg. <laughs> oh, ouch. God, could you imagine living like that? Oh, he's so tough. I know I just said a lot of things that drive me nuts about Catherine, but my God, I love her. Oh, and then (laughs) Uh he'll get mad at that, but then he'll suddenly be like, what do you think the neighbors think of us? All we do is yell. I'm like, no, you yell. (laughs) (laughs) Yell and throwing eggs at each other. (laughs) Those guys sound like fun. (laughs) Uh, Lisa asks, what is the best type of cheese? Oh, See, I don't know a lot of names of cheese. I know the cheese that... I like, you know what I mean? Like, I know your basics. I know mozzarella. I know cheddar. um, I know goat cheese. I know feta. You know Uh, a lot of cheeses. There's one. It's like a smoky. It gives like a smoky taste. I can't remember the name of it, though. Whatever that cheese is. Right. Friggin' love. I like the peppered Parmesan, like, that you can get, like, Parmesan with peppers in it and stuff. That's amazing. And I like the applewood smoked Gouda. Yeah, Gouda's good. Um, Brie I love. Is that the soft one? Yeah. Brie gives me a headache. Does it? I love brie. Brie melted is delicious. Brie on crackers is delicious. If you take, like, if you're making a sandwich, right, and you have, you go into the fridge and you're like, God, what do we have? We got leftovers. I got a little bit of leftover chicken from last night. And then you grab, like, two pieces of bacon. You fry up the bacon. Take the two sides of the bun and even just, like, spread a little pesto on one side and a little Dijon on the other side and just grill them face up like that underneath the broiler and 
just crisp up the side that has the pesto and crisp up the side that has the Dijon. Put a little chicken on there, two pieces of bacon, maybe a little lettuce if you have it, and then a couple pieces of brie on top of that. And God, that's a great sandwich, right? Like to me, brie is really great. Uh, I love feta. I find that feta I can use... For me, feta is the most versatile cheese that I have in the fridge because I can put feta on a tuna melt. Yep. I can put feta on a pizza if yep. I wanted to. I can put feta on a pasta if I wanted to. Yep. I put feta on tacos. I put feta oh, yeah, on because feta is very much like a, um, is it a cojita cheese, which is just a very sort of light Mexican cheese that crumbles as well. So in a pinch, I use feta on tacos and you don't Ooh. even know the difference. Like it's really, it's really great. But um, you don't want to use too much. You might get feta up. Yes, I might get feta up. It melts beautifully. It browns beautifully. Like I really like feta, but just straight up old white cheddar with mm. good watercress crackers and a slab of kielbasa or mm. a piece of Italian salami. Like, to me, that's just the best. Like, it doesn't get any All better. All this food talk, I can't unbear it. <laughs> yeah. Did oh you God, say that, so because That's hmm? so funny. That's so funny. I can't <laughs> you know unbear what? it. A processed slice of processed cheese well, on a rice that, cake let's, microwave let's for 30 seconds? Let's not forget that, okay? Like, if we're opening up the, the doors of the cheese stable, are we going with things that are not real cheese? Yes. That's not I real. It says made from 100% no. milk. No. Okay, so process. Okay, so here, let me... Okay, let's leave the real cheeses over there, right? Okay, sure. The Gruyers, the Goudas, the, the Fetas, the Buffalo Mots. Yeah. All, let's leave all of those over there. Now we're going to go behind this door, okay? And we're going to talk about the other cheeses. Yes. So let me say this. Pick the winner out of this. Okay. Um, Tostitos cheese in the jar that you dip your chips into. Yeah. Processed cheese slices. Yeah. Cheese whiz. Yeah. Or the cheese that's on mac and cheese. Oh. Ah, <laughs> come on. It's between mac and cheese cheese or the, the sliced cheese. Really, yeah? Oh, God. But I would only have the mac and cheese cheese if I'm eating mac and cheese. Yeah. No, some people take that out of the package and use it for other things. I use things. it for other things. They, they use it as an ingredient when they're making something oh, else, like yeah? A, yeah, like a casserole yeah. and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. 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 It's okay. basically hamburger helper, right? Yeah. With, with if, a few okay. extra spices in there. You know what? No, screw it. I'm going to say regular processed cheese. Regular processed cheese. Yeah. Do, do you find that you could use that the most? I would say yes. Or that you enjoy it the most? Yeah, I would say yes. Because it's the best cheese for a burger. It's also the best cheese for a grilled cheese. It's also, but I don't know. You, There's don't more, know. you could do more with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say that. I, I've been going through, and it, it's probably terrible for you. I've been going through, especially since isolation and COVID, like jars upon jars of the Tostitos nacho cheese. Really? Yeah, jars on jars. Like how many you think? Like, Let's say in the past six weeks. One a week, easy. No. Yeah. Like the big jars? Yeah, one a week, easy, easy. I'm throwing it in the microwave and I'm dipping chips into it. I'm making chili fries. I'm uh, heating it up and just drizzling it over tacos. I'm doing all this stuff. Okay, I'm yeah. no doctor. Yeah. But I can say that's probably not the healthiest it's for It's probably you. too much, right? <laughs> yeah. You may want to slow down. I worry. I know. I worry. <laughs> because I'll tell you that it's it's when you are running low on food yeah. and I don't want to do a line in the grocery store, I will often just go and see what I can find at the corner store. And the one thing they always have 
is a jar of the Tostitos cheese. And so I will use, I'll base a meal around that. Because they know what, that you're coming. I, I know they know I'm coming, but that stuff is so good. <laughs> Can you put and it on it, top of chicken and, and grill that? Uh, no, I wouldn't do that. Because then it becomes a crust. No, 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 I wouldn't do that. And you I ruin the taste. You yeah, just burn it at that point. I wouldn't want to eat burnt Tostitos cheese. That's not its natural. But you're thinking point. about it. No, I'm not at all, <laughs> at all. But I'm telling, but sitting there, uh, Catherine made popcorn the other night we were watching a movie. You Man, did not put that cheese on there? No, 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 I didn't. Um, but I had uh, Tostitos and the Tostitos cheese and it felt like I was at the movies because that's what I get at the movies, right? Yeah. I get the, the chips and the cheese at the movie and I'm the guy who's crunching Well, they loud. never give you enough. They don't, they don't do the math and portion it out No, correctly. I order two. At the movie theater? Yes. So you can oh. get more cheese. Yeah. No, I order two cheeses. Oh, you can get on the yeah, side, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. One, one, one chip, Damn, two cheese. You. Right? And I like the movie theaters where they give it to you in the container that's already heated up, but you have to peel the lid off. Yeah. So when you're working on one, the other one stays nice and warm and it doesn't develop that crust over the top mm. of it. Okay. Before we end Ask Raz and Mocha. Okay. As promised. Yes. While we were... Answering the questions, I was multitasking in the background as well. Okay. And when we were talking about the hair clay. Yeah. <laughs> I had it in a couple. Oh, I can't wait for that. I had it in a couple of beeps here and there. Right. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily sound <laughs> like you're talking about hair clay. Okay. It sounds like this. I want something that's like concrete. First of all, to dip your finger into a is very difficult. It's like your knuckle bends backwards. Wow. Like, like, is really thick and it's Perfect. really hard. Perfect. And when you get in there, you get in there with your finger and then you got to like scrape it right around like the edge and it gets all <laughs> underneath your fingernail. And then you have to take like whatever you get out of it and put it in your hand. And then you have to like work it in. Like you're sitting there rubbing and rubbing in order to get that to a point of where you can even put it in your hand. It's like you're rubbing and rubbing and rubbing and <laughs> rubbing, right? And then you have to deal with the fact that once it's in your <laughs> and you're rubbing it, uh -huh. okay? Yeah, honestly, it's almost like you have to heat it up. Like you really have to, you really have to rub it because you can't just put it. It's too good. If you just go right from the uh -huh. into your it's too goopy. Like, it's too thick. Like, you have to loosen it up a little bit. Oh! Okay. How long are you rubbing it for? And no, you'll know. You'll know when it's done. You'll, you'll feel it. Next question. You'll start to feel it between your fingers. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Ask Ross and Mocha every week. Just How does that even on happen? Instagram. Like... I didn't even realize what I was saying. <laughs> At Kiss925, ask your questions. You sound passionate. <laughs> Very passionate. Thanks for listening to the Roz and Mocha Show podcast. Catch the guys live. Weekday mornings from 6 to 10. On Kiss92.5. Kiss92.5.com. Or download the Kiss92.5 app.